listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about Beyond Light Vendor Armor. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching the past broadcast on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Monday through Friday, we're doing these talks and conversations live on YouTube. You can hit subscribe, the bell button, or the join button to support me directly. If you're looking for the Q&A and the VIP sessions, they're listed below as timestamps on the past broadcast. I don't want to overwhelm your sub box if you're sub to this channel, and we were putting a little too much content out. I know some people don't prefer it this way, but it's just better for the channel and better for me. I don't like doing things purely based on metrics, but we were doing, we were just shoveling out videos that weren't doing well. It's not good, and this is the way we have to do it from now on, at least for the time being. So, uh, vendor armor for Beyond Light. Vendor armor for Beyond Light, a bit of a controversial topic, similar to the reskin Beloved Sniper. People are not very happy about this, and I want to walk through what exactly uh, Bungie has said. I've obviously got the picture up here if you're watching uh, the, the video here. And then I want to talk about what's the issue. So we're going to walk through what they've said. We're going to walk through what's the issue. Why is the community kind of irritated about this or criticizing this? I think there's some validity to the criticisms and the irritation from the community about this. And But I'm also going to sort of say that this is tower loot. I'm going to give you my position on why I'm not super concerned about this. I, I want to validate and sympathize the frustrations in the community about the situation. But... I don't think this is a big, big issue long term, and I'll tell you why at the end of the video. So what did they say? So right here, they've said that, you know, they kind of restated something that they announced in November. uh, um, I'm sorry, for for November the 10th. This is from a previous blog and article. They're going to add a new set of armor for the core playlist. This is for Strikes, Gambit, and Crucible. So we got a little, the little three pillars of the game here right now, the green, the red, and the blue. The armor shares a set of new geometry with decals and shaders specific to the activity. So it's not just decals, it's also shaders that are specific. So that's why you see the guy front and center. He's red and black. And then the Gambit guy's like green and kind of dingy gray. And then the Titan rolled in paint. Uh, we will create new sets like this each year. Year 456 ETC. These sets will arrive, uh, this set will arrive with the next expansion. So the thing to really drive home here is the shared geometry, just so we are perfectly crystal clear on this. The armor will be the same shape regardless of where you get it. So if you get the Crucible helmet and then the Vanguard helmet, it's the same helmet, okay? The Hunter helmet will be the same shape. It'll have the the tubing on the side there and the weird visor that looks like a place to put my credit card. Like, that will be the way that it looks regardless of where you get it. The only thing that will change, the only thing that will change is the colors and the decals. And the decals do look like there's some some significant changes. There's some physicality, some texture to the birds on the chest here. Uh, the, the the snakes are more of like a paint, like a like somebody paint, painted through a stencil. But at least the crucible armor looks kind of significant with respect to the birds. But then the vanguard again just looks, I think it just looks awful as far as the decal. I think the armor shape is pretty, pretty good. But but I think that the the, the decals are looking like they are the best on on the crucible armor from what we've uh, seen here. So I like the armor. There are people that are saying the armor is bad. It looks like crap. They don't like it. I actually think the armor looks pretty good. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the knife for whatever reason. They Photoshop copy pasted this here. The there's a there's a there's a drop shadow behind the knife that doesn't make sense. It shouldn't actually be there. I think they added that later. The one on the warlock and the hunter look like they're supposed to be there, but the Titan, I don't know what's going on with the Titan one. It's like floating. 
and it's like far away from the arm. I, I, I'm not really not sure what's going on there. They also said down here, this armor can be earned by completing activities through vendor armor rankups. Weekly challenges are also being updated to offer avenues for players to earn higher stat packages for these armor sets. Now, this is encouraging that they're looking at saying maybe weekly challenges should serve another purpose. I know it's going to continue to serve a purpose for leveling, but it looks like maybe there'll eventually be a time for you to get high stat. If you really, really like the armor set, that's probably encouraging. If you think, man, that, that hunter set for the, the, the Crucible is actually really, really nice, you'll have an avenue to chase it with high stats instead of just chasing it and just getting what you get. Now, what's the issue? So some of you might be new to the game, new to the, new to the franchise or whatever. And you're like, what on earth is the problem with this? It doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Well, let me give you some context. Okay. We waited two years for some semblance of a vendor update. And this is what we get. We get a shared geometry armor set. And then they've also basically said that their loot pool is shared with the world loot pool. So we don't know to what degree these vendors are being updated. If at all, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a significant vendor update now we've heard leaks that there will be that there will be a vendor update that there will be a loot pool update for them we have not heard any information about that are they going to do anything with the bounties are they going to do anything like i've suggested with with boons where if i want to get a particular weapon from vanguard strikes or crucible i buy the boon then i go run the content and it has a chance to drop i've always thought that would be a better update for vendors than just purchasing things or doing weapon frame bounties i would love to see drops return to the game and i think the vendors could aid us in that and help us with that so i sympathize with people's irritation we've 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 said every time there's been an expansion or an update we're like are you guys going to do anything with zavala or shax or the drifter you going to update that loop pool what are you doing and they kind of muddy their loot pools in season of arrivals with the world pool with the world loot pool changes and now they do essentially one armor set with paint and decal differences i am hoping that there is more to the vendor update i hope there is something that we haven't been told yet that there is something they're keeping close to their chest because they haven't said very they've said very little about beyond light the most information we have about beyond light is the stasis subclasses so i'm hoping there's more i'm not going to hold my breath because I don't think they're putting a lot of focus on the vendors or the tower. I had similar commentary in my video about the reskinned beloved sniper. I I don't think they're putting a lot of attention on this. Some of that may be related to the fact that they've not definitively said this, but the sniper, the adored, and these armor sets may be a part of the free entry point, where as long as you're playing and grinding and doing stuff with these vendors you're you're going to be getting these armor sets you're going to be getting that sniper so maybe that's why it's not been given a lot of priority it's meant to be entry level free loot that doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of investment from bungie with respect to bandwidth so i understand the frustration but let me end the video by talking about tower loot we have been saying for virtually all of year three that we're sick of getting our loot in the tower whether you were donating fractaline getting frames from you know ada or in this current season going to the recaster and that's where all of your god rolls are coming from the one day i just perused my inventory and i said okay here's the most recent weapons that i've gotten that have great rolls you know the 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 last seven god rolls that i had were all from the tower standing in the tower and pushing a button now we don't know if bungie's going to lean away from that and go more towards world drops things you're dropping a, a targeted farm but it's dropping in the world it's dropping from a boss or a location or an activity we don't know if they're going in that direction 
but it certainly seems like that's a possibility given that they're deprioritizing loot from the tower and loot in the vendors the reskin sniper and this armor to me indicates some level of deprioritization there this isn't some big huge thing that they're pushing this isn't something that they're they're making the central focus also also they're putting this in a in a twab that is more informational so we heard about this armor and we heard about the sniper and an informational twab that is more about housekeeping and giving you information about basic things this isn't meant to this is not meant to excite you we said yesterday in the debate there's no call to action here they're not like be sure to pre-order beyond light if you want this awesome armor set and that sniper this is more informational this is more uh housekeeping so i'm not concerned with this tier of loot. I'm not. I'm not concerned with vendor armor. I'm not concerned with that sniper. I'm more concerned about adept weapons and trials, the raid, dungeons, what sort of loot incentivization they come up for grandmasters. They talked about entertaining the idea of adept weapons and strikes. What does that all mean? What is that all going to look like? That's more of my concern than entry-level tower loot. Vendor loot has never been a big concern of mine, even though, even though I do, I do want to see that you know something done with vendors because we've waited a really really long time i don't think you can you can just keep the vendors and you know barely give them any love i think that that, that kind of runs counter to the game feeling fresh we've earned too much loot in the tower in year three and i, I think that the, the, the vendors can be updated in a way that that's not increased we don't want to increase the number of pieces of loot we're getting you know getting to the tower and i want to see good loot updates i mean where's the reinvigoration of the core activities this ain't it luke smith gave us assurances that in year four there would be a reinvigoration of the core activities that's gambit crucible and the strikes you know the vanguard this is not a reinvigoration of core activities this is kind of freebie freebie easy handout like just play and you get this stuff and they're all essentially the same so I, I think there's a lingering question that remains. How are you reinvigorating Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit in year four? Because a shared geometry set in the tower from the vendors is not, is absolutely not a way to reinvigorate the core activities. I'm hoping we see more of that when they actually start talking about Beyond Light. We're going to transition to Q&A. Again, Q&A and VIP sessions are, are linked below in the YouTube description. Uh, and if you're listening to the audio versions, obviously everything is contained in the episode. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Beyond Light vendor armor. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you're watching the past broadcasts on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Say no to rage.com. Make sure you click subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these live streams Monday through Friday. We are now using just timestamps for the Q&A and VIP call-in rather than uploading them separately. I know some people aren't a big fan of that, but it is better for the channel. We're only uploading the 10-minute talk. So I appreciate those that are kind of having to adapt to that change and shift. We're having to lean into the way YouTube's platform kind of runs things and to just keep uploading videos that perform poorly is a bad idea. So Gritter says, do you think the new vendor armor sets could possibly have mods that are intrinsic for the activities its NPC is responsible for? For instance, the mods may grant over shield when moats are banked um first and foremost i think it's a good idea but i don't think they would limit it that much i think if they're going to do a mod like that it would drop from the mode and then you could just slot it in somewhere so i think this is a good idea though creating mods specific to the mode 
you know, strikes crucible gambit obviously you got to be a little bit careful with uh, crucible but with gambit i think there's a there's a handful of things you could do i would say limiting it to just this armor set would be a little too controlling because if i get a really really great raid armor set and i happen to enjoy gambit every once in a while i'm not saying that for me personally you guys know i'm not a big fan of gambit but let's say i enjoy gambit every once in a while it would seem slightly counterproductive to say well no you need to grind for good vendor armor and then you can use these mods um i liked how they did that with the raid mods you could wear armor from that time you know in that season and still use the garden of salvation raid mods now a lot of us were wearing the raid armor but a lot of people weren't because the stats weren't that great for the first couple of months and you know there were other sources a lot of folks were going in with like iron banner armor and then they would just like ornament it to look like something else so you don't want to be too restrictive i think there's always a balance between if we put this intrinsically here or this intrinsically there anytime uh you go and run this content you're gonna feel like oh i need that set and that can be a bit much um we kind of touched on this yesterday but it's a little bit more fitting to touch on it now I really wonder if Bungie's going to go more the route of quality over quantity. We don't need an armor set under every rock in the game because they had an armor set under every rock in the game, D2 Vanilla, and it didn't do really anything. I mean, you could have went and chased them all, but armor was meaningless in Vanilla D2. When they launched Armor 2.0, armor is now meaningful, but you don't really need to have like four or five different sets of armor that would be a bit much right oh i need a whole set for the raid and a whole set for strikes and a whole set for crucible and a whole set for trials i don't feel that the game has been created to give you that um that that quantity i think would feel uh cumbersome and also uh, the amount of time it would take to get all those pieces, I, I don't know if it would end up translating into being like worth it. Where, oh yeah, I'm so glad I spent all that time getting all these different armor sets. I think it makes more sense to say, here are routes to pursue armor. Here are routes to pursue armor with better stats. And then once you get like a really, really solid stat build, you then invest and change mods and your loadout according to to where you're going so i would change certain mods and things when i would go into the crucible versus when i would go and play you know strikes and other things now i do think some of the suggestions we're getting in chat i would love to see that with them upgrading to vulcan for some api back end things that could be maybe why we're seeing some good ui updates in the you know in the stasis snapshots that we've seen if they gave us the ability to save some loadouts i I think that had that would have the potential to uh to really really assist in some of this to say well hey you know yeah you've got multiple loadouts you've got multiple things that you're doing and different loadouts for those but you can save them i mean right now i would love to have a loadout for contact public events and then have a loadout for the interference mission i would love that because i'm always going in and switching i don't like the guillotine in the interference mission because there's so many things up in the air you have to shoot so many of the you know the shriekers and stuff i like to switch like a linear fusion when i'm in there and i love running guillotine obviously for the contact public event because it slices and dices the the the, the champions like they're nothing and then obviously when i go into strikes it's, it's dependent upon the modifiers so um 
yeah, I, I, I think at a, at a very, at a very sort of general level, a loadout system would be nice, but it would become even more nice with some of the things we see that are on the horizon. Um, some of the things that are kind of on the horizon with stasis would lead me to think they might say we need some way of saving loadouts because we're giving people even more things to swap and change around. Armor 2.0 was kind of the beginning, but there's now even more lingering out on the horizon that could be really cumbersome and frustrating to interact with. You don't think bonuses for wearing multiple pieces of the same armor would be good? For example, if I wear all five pieces of the raid set, I get a bonus, so I choose between that or wearing an exotic. In principle, that sounds great, but I'm just going to give you Bungie's philosophy on some of that. They don't like setting it up to where your freedom is actually uh, strained to where man, I got this great armor set and all these stats that I really, really like, but if I want that intrinsic benefit in the raid, I gotta switch everything over to raid armor. And then when you're done with the raid, you gotta switch everything to something else. I don't think the intrinsic benefits would ever be good enough to warrant that level of gear depth and that level of, like, sort of uh, constant oversight over your loadout. So you're constantly... Think of it this way. When you grab a bunch of bounties, it's irritating that you have to keep switching your guns, isn't it? You're like, I got to switch to this. I got to switch to that. I got to make sure and bring a sidearm and an SMG and a blood and da, 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 da. On the same token, I think it would become frustrating to feel like every time you go into an activity, you need to change your entire armor loadout for a couple of intrinsic benefits. I think a better system to honor the spirit of your request would be mods that are more potent if you have multiple mods equipped. So, if you feel like disrupting your mods and your stats you know, to a reasonable degree, and you do that to get benefits in the raid, you may take off the exotic because maybe you need the extra seasonal slot or something, and those raid mods go up in their potency the more you have equipped. Three, four, and then five, all equipped at the same time. So, that could potentially honor your request for a set bonus without requiring the player to have a like a stupid amount of armor sets um yeah it would feel very micromanagey like you're constantly having to micromanage even now even now when i go into content and switch my mods around it becomes kind of frustrating sometimes i run content with a bunch of mods for swords and i don't switch them because i don't freaking feel like it it's like i'm not going to go in there and swap all that or try to find armor that's solar or void instead of arc because i'm not running a sword right now it just becomes too much it becomes it takes too much time so if you're if you're looking at that and feeling like man that's just too much that's that's too that takes up too much time i feel like if they're going to go the route that you're talking about number one they would need to increase drop rate and the ability to farm for the armor and number two you would need a loadout system absolutely i don't think you can have one without the other people would get annoyed by it would multiple sets of multiple activities be more mmorpg which is what luke wants well no that I think the MMORPG thing continues to get continue to get uh, continues to get evolved from what he originally said. What he originally said is they want to be an action MMO, and they want to increase those elements with more stats and more investment in your build. Now, 
you could take that to be like, oh, well, then he means it needs to be more like an MMO, like, wow, where you have a different set here and a different set there and this and that and da-da-da-da-da. Or it could be, no, they've added more customization. Stasis is going to have more customization. There's more stats involved with Stasis. There's pain trade where you get this, but you lose 10. I mean, that could be, in his mind, them investing in the game feeling more like an action MMO and not going down the road that you're asking. There are different things from MMOs that they could certainly borrow from, and I think we're kind of seeing that in the stasis pictures, but that doesn't mean we're going to we're gonna end year four and be going into Witch Queen with like six different armor sets per character. Um, I don't know. I think usually people have two sets, kind of, that they use. They might swap gauntlets and boots and things according to the guns that they're using, and then they swap exotics. Like, they, they take off Wormhusk and put on Celestial, or they take off Nezerax and they put on Phoenix Protocol. But by and large, we don't have, like, top-to-bottom um, armor set change that we do in most of the content. It just isn't a thing uh, in the game right now. And I don't necessarily know if they're going to go that way. Number one, they just launched you know, some information that we're going to get a vendor update that's shared geometry armor and decals will change depending on where they come from. I don't feel like they're investing in the quantity of armor sets that much. I also know they've said from a philosophical standpoint the reason they went to raid mods in garden was because they didn't want you to feel like you had to wear the raid armor when you ran the raid i mean this is right out of bungie's mouth okay so they went the route of mods because again the raid mod you know enhanced relay defender it honors what you're asking for but it gives them the ability to 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 put honestly to put more I mean, look how many raid mods there are for Garden that you might not even mess with. Uh, I don't know how far back I'd have to go to see them all. Um, there's uh, gain damage resistance when you're part of a tether chain. That's resistant tether. Then there's Relay Defender, which gives you the bonus damage while standing next to the relay. So you've got that. There were some other ones too, weren't there? Where like you get something after you bank moats, like you get like an overshield or something. Oh, that's right. You can't do it on an exotic. Um, it's really hard because, like, seasonally, you have to find a piece of armor that's old to, to look at it. So I think they can give you what they want, but not suddenly make it to where you need an entire raid set to even enjoy those perks. You just need the mods themselves, which... If they do it right, then the raid armor probably will be getting equipped by raid runners because it's going to be a good reward. It's probably going to have good stats. I mean, I would hope it would. In general, armor feels pointless for an FPS as you barely see your armor, maybe gloves, but that's about it. I think that's one of the reasons that people don't care about armor as much, which, I mean, that may cause Bungie to deprioritize it because it's like, sure, you see it when you go into your menu, but I do, I think gun design, I think we've talked about this before why you know damage and reload perks are so popular yes they're effective but they also provide immediate player feedback the gun is glowing it reloads really fast and snappy i mean i was running the reckless oracle earlier and people were like man that gun is crisp and it's because i kept procking outlaw and i had enhanced um, reload gloves on for uh, for auto rifles so i mean that thing was like whip, whip, whip. it was like loading reloading really really fast well you're not even playing and that looks nice you're like oh that gun yeah that's a nice gun and it's all in the it's all in that player feedback 
So with armor, I do think that's a challenge because you don't see it. You don't see the nece- necessarily see the benefits of your stats or your your ammo finder or your your scavenger or whatever. So they could try to get more creative there and try to give you know better loadout and perk decisions on your armor. That's maybe a little bit maybe you see it a little bit more. Maybe it's more evident that it's working or whatever. Uh, but I, but I do think that armor is always going to be one of the more understated or maybe, you know, underappreciated or focused on, uh, grinds in the game because it's, um, it's, it's just not on the forefront. It's not right in front of you the way that guns are, uh, especially, I mean, you use a really, really good heavy, that sword animation. If rockets were, you no know, not so sucky, seeing the rocket fly, the explosion, the sound, it's visible. There's more of that tangible player feedback. And maybe Bungie can consider that with armor, that it does, something happens in the game that you know, oh, this is because I've specced into this build or that build. Um, but on the question of armor sets with benefits, I think they can give you that with mods so you're not so constrained. Man, I got a great pair of boots and gauntlets that I could take into trials. Great stats for my trials build, and then they do trials mods. Adept trials mods that you would equip on the armor and not feel like, ah, gotta gotta get rid of, can't use this. I, I gotta use the trials armor. There's, I mean, look, there's good and bad here. There's good and bad with respect to, hey, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're having issues with, with people with wanting customization, but then if there's too much customization, it can kind of fold in on itself. So yeah, we just switched ingest servers. This happens every once in a while. So I do think YouTube is having an issue. We just literally disconnected and reconnected right away. Um, that's not on my end when that happens. That's something that YouTube just did. Maybe some of you that were experiencing buffering, it'll go away. Usually when we switch ingest servers like that, it does clean things up for you. So that was a pretty big blip there because I literally got bumped to a different server. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. I want to see the customization. It'd be cool to see set bonuses, but I don't want it to be, you know, something where you feel like, oh, I, I, I must, I must wear this. It's more about customization at the mod level. Um, Noggy. Uh, that was a blip I got for what it's worth. Well, you're going to get a blip when I don't have a connection to the ingest server for about five seconds. So... The vendor armor can be farmed for high stats. Could Bungie introduce adept armor to make the armor in endgame content more desirable, worth uh, worth farming? Could they introduce adept armor? Yeah, see, this is where... Actually, this is something I'm curious about. If I can grind high stat, if I can grind high stat in the strike playlist or in Crucible or whatever, what's going to distinguish the... Um, What's going to distinguish the the armor in the raid, right? Wasn't a criticism. No, no, no. I wasn't taking it as a criticism. B. I was saying everybody's going to feel that one. You, like because we were having the debate earlier. Like, is it a regional thing with YouTube or not? I was simply saying, yeah, everybody's going to feel that because it was uh, it was literally a disconnect. Um, that's what I meant. I didn't take it as a criticism. Uh, so you know, are they going to are they going to do that? Are they going to have something adept about the armor? Is it going to look different? Is it going to feel different? I don't know. I mean, they, they're like I said, they're entertaining the idea of adept mods uh, for trials. Um, if if you can get high stat armor in in strikes, 
I think the question would be how often, how efficient of a grind is it? Uh, for example, the current dungeon, the prophecy dungeon, grinding that for high stat armor is actually pretty effective. It is, especially if you save the the, the final boss checkpoint, which I know that's a little that, that's a little uh, outside of what you would consider to be normal game design. That's kind of uh, you're not necessarily abusing a system, but you're definitely exploiting it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because I did it. You know, handing off the checkpoint and only farming the boss. Um, I think Bungie needs to look at that and figure out how they can lean into that. Don't fight against us doing that, okay? Don't fight against us using like a checkpoint saving feature to grind for high stat armor in the dungeon. Figure out a way to make the entire dungeon, or in this case, the entire raid, farmable. You know, you chase those, you go for those high stats, and and there's a clear difference. If it's if it's maybe less often or less efficient to grind for high stat and strikes, I think that's fair. Going into match-made, you know, garden variety basic content, and that being your, you know, that being your grind for high stat, they got to be really, really careful with that. You know, what's good, Nolan Saints? They got to be really, really careful with that because you could undercut endgame grind. You'd be like, well, I would have grinded the raid for high stat armor, but it's way more efficient to do it in strikes. It's faster. It's easier. It's more efficient. There's a quickness to strikes that, that 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 has a nice feel to it. Raids can take a while. You can kind of mess them up. So there's two questions I have there. Number one, are they going to make the raid armor stand out in any other way than stats? And number two, what's, what's farming the raid going to look like? I personally hope they take the the prophecy dungeon farming method that you 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 slowly unlock the entire loot pool, but whenever you rerun it, you can only get drops that have already dropped. So your first couple of weeks are more limited, and then as things go on, your your the pool gets larger, right? I would say that's a great formula for raids as well. If they don't do that, I'm going to be really disappointed. If the raid is still on a one-week lockout per character, I think that's going to be a massive bummer. I think the Prophecy Dungeon logistics for raid uh, for reruns is perfect. It's exactly what we've been asking for. Like, th- that's what I want to do with my time. Let me friggin' do it, you know? So the question is, how will we pursue raid gear, raid guns, raid armor, and will raid armor have something that distinguishes it from other sources of high stat armor pursuit 4k manning a popular topic yesterday was is beyond light worth 50 well it's 40 it's plus 10 if you get the season so it is 50 but i just want to be clear on that i think having one armor across three core activities validates that argument well i not if it's free uh, why do you think Bungie is now all of a sudden reducing the amount of loot you get from these vendors or activities for 50 bucks? Well, I, I think you're jumping ahead here. I think the, the going assumption is that the vendor armor and that and that pursuit gun are free. They're just a part of the free entry point. It's not something you have to spend money to get. It's just part of the free update in the game. They're updating the game. They're, they're, they're putting new stuff inside of it. So as I said yesterday and even today, there is no call to action in that TWAB. There is no, hey, pre-order Beyond Light today. They're not attaching this to Beyond Light as a buying motivation. These are housekeeping issues. Hey, we're changing strikes. We're changing Crucible and Gambit. Also, here's what vendor armor is going to look like. And here's your pursuit weapon. Um... I it's we we don't we don't know anything else and also I don't think this stuff is is attached to beyond light 
you know that's kind of even worse isn't it because then for real what are we paying for for the five millionth freaking time we don't know i'm gonna get a shirt that says we don't know what's in beyond light we don't know Everyone's being so presumptive. They haven't marketed it yet. They haven't even said, here's all the info, pre-order. You got to go to the Steam page, the Steam shop to pre-order it. There's no call to action in these blogs. They're not saying, here's all this great stuff you're getting. Go get Beyond Light. We don't know what we're paying for. I don't know how many times I have to say this. Like... This is becoming a giant flat tire in the conversation. We got a long road to November 10th. If every day I have to remind you, we don't know much about Beyond Light until they start rolling out trailers and vid docs, which I think will be in October. We can't start talking about value transmission and how much it costs and how much we're getting and is it worth it? That conversation literally cannot happen right now. It is not possible. This stuff here, you're not going to have to pay money for the strike update, the gambit update, and the crucible update. Everything in the TWAB, right? Everything in the TWAB is is literally stuff they're just doing to the base game. The vendors and that weapon and all the information about gambit coming into one mode and all this stuff. It's literally just like, this is what we're doing to the base game. It has nothing to do with Beyond Light. Now, they mention November 10th. Yes, this is coming with the expansion. They do say that, but they're basically saying this is our commitment to do this update to these vendors every every single uh, expansion, every single year. So, I, we usually get VidDocs four months before expansion release, though. They did that with Forsaken and Shadowkeep. Seems odd. We're less than two months out now. No VidDoc or core info on Beyond Light. Well... I, I think we have to look at the bigger picture. There, you know, there was no E3. They did the summer Gamescom thing, and they and they put a video in there. Uh, the, the the they did Gamescom and they did the, the thing with Keeley, right? The, so there was there was less avenues for the marketing. There was less av- avenues for the big hub, you know, hullabaloo and like <laughs> expansion. There were less avenues for that, and they delayed. So Shadowkeep was delayed by like what two weeks, two maybe three weeks or something. And this has been delayed a significant more amount of time. So I think the combination of the delay and some of the avenues for promotion changing, I think those two things have come together, and they've said, as Luke Smith has said in two interviews now, we are keeping the cards close to their chest right now. We're key, I, I, so we're. I think we're just going to get a point where we're going to have to say, "There's no use talking about this right now. We got to wait. We got to uh, wait." Yeah, I'm not mad at anybody. It's just we keep coming back to this. You know, uh, we we keep coming back to this, and I think part of this is maybe they do want to be secretive. Maybe NA Painter's right. Maybe they said, "Hey, let's be more secretive." I mean, look at what they did with Season of Arrivals. There was literally nothing for Season of Arrivals until launch date. Do you guys remember that? They didn't say anything. We didn't see the season pass. There wasn't a splash page. There was none of that for Season of Arrivals. I, I don't know. I think maybe that's part of it too. Maybe we're like, hey, let's hold off on stuff now. Let's not say things super early. Um, so it could be a shift in marketing philosophy. It's related to the delay. And it's related to working from home and a lot of the marketing avenues not being there this time. You know, with no E3 and some of the other things that have been very, very different. Uh, they've been very, very different. So, I, you know, you also got the Stranger, Eris, and, and Drifter in the trailer. So maybe they don't want to reveal uh, spoilers. Uh, maybe they're holding on to some of that as well. I, I don't know. Um, 
We're talking about content yet to be. A lot of the question will end with, I don't know, let's wait till it comes out. Well, it's not even that, Necro. It's not even let's wait till it comes out. It's the price point questions. I think you're missing where we are right now. You're just missing it. It's like this question right here that's kind of resurfacing this this fire is, is Beyond Light worth $50? Blah, 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 armor, blah, 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 gun. What? This twab, this twab was not about motivating you to be, be to buy Beyond Light. It was base game updates. It's quality of life changes and updates. That's all it is. And I think they knew it wasn't wouldn't be popular. I've said this many times. You guys have heard me say this. I think they knew the shared geometry armor and the sniper would be unpopular, and they put it in here because they knew it would be like a complained about thing. And so they're getting it out of the way. They don't want this on the stage during their big announcements and big vid docs and stuff. The best thing that could happen in this game is block data miners, no pre-order bonus, everything discovered by players in-game. Uh, I don't know. Locking the no time to explain behind the deluxe edition is also a crap move. I thought it was an ornament. I didn't think they were locking the no time to explain behind the deluxe. I thought it was an ornament for the no time to explain. Maybe I misread it. Darksider. With armor being refreshed once a year, do you think this indicates a yearly vendor refresh? I mean, I I said this in the video. I hope there is more of a vendor refresh than just this armor. You gotta have... You have to have some guns that are dropping when you're running strikes and crucible that are vanguard and crucible guns, don't you? They're sunsetting all those gambit guns. Didn't they say they're removing them from the pool too? Like, there's got to be guns dropping when I'm running gambit. I I don't know. It's both. It's the weapon catalyst and the ornament. The weapon catalyst and the ornament are locked behind the deluxe edition. It's the no time to explain weapon, the catalyst, and the ornament. Well, now I'm getting different answers. Getting it gifted is deluxe. I suspect it'll be like the cold heart, available to everyone shortly after. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably like the cold heart. Uh, <laughs> companies try to make money. I mean, they did it with the cold heart. You, you got cold heart for, I think, for pre-ordering. Um, I, You know... I'm not going to burn the building down for that one. You know, I'm just not. I don't I don't think I don't think that's worthy of 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 the of the internet rioting. Um It was reading it only the delivered at launch section. Yeah, I mean it could again, if it's delivered at launch, it doesn't mean you can't get it if you don't pre-order. I I I think that that's something they've done before and that's just that's part of games, man. I mean do you, do you remember they did that with Borderlands? There were literally weapons that you started with that you couldn't get any other way. Um, worthy internet rioting. Now there's a sentence. Yes, yeah. When is it? When is it worthy to do an internet riot? Yeah. Uh, so back to this question though. If I am running strikes, crucible, or gambit, and there are no vanguard, crucible, or gambit weapons dropping. That, I think, would feel really, really stupid. As I said at the end of my video, that is not reinvigorating core content. It isn't. Why are you running Gambit? Um, I don't know. 
Well, you can get all that same loot over here. The armor looks the same, just a different color, and the same guns drop here as there. The same world loot pool is dropping in strikes th- that are dropping in Gambit. If to reinvigorate something means to give it its to, to I don't even know what the definition of. I would take it as to 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 give it its new purpose and its new life. Right? Reinvigorate. What's reinvigorate mean? Give new energy or strength to. To give new energy or new strength to Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit, you're not doing that by putting the same loot everywhere. That's the antithesis of reinvigoration. That's homogenization. That's removing any any distinctive difference between them at all. Why are you running them? Oh, because I enjoy it. That's it. I like the idea of them saying seasonal drops can now drop in other places in the world so you don't have to only run content contact public event okay that's not bad if season of dawn guns were dropping randomly in different places and from bosses and stuff that would have been pretty cool that I didn't only have to run sundial that wouldn't have been too bad but if if you don't have anything else if you don't have anything else going on in the game, I'm sorry, in that playlist, then it just feels really, really stupid. Deluxe edition items, you get the catalyst and the ornament. So it looks like when you get beyond light, you get the pulse rifle. The deluxe edition says you get the you get the uh, no time to explain exotic catalyst and the no time to explain exotic ornament. And the gun is just listed for beyond light. The deluxe edition items are not... The, the gun does not seem to be attached to deluxe. Um, it's in this... It's the seasonal weapon. Season plus includes this weapon. It's the freaking season weapon! It's like the Wither Horde then, right? Come on. Everybody needs to settle down. Um, it's really a steal. $70 for the expansion, an entire year of content, and several extras right at launch. Yeah, it's... So, to, to end this question about yearly vendor refresh, I don't want to drop a gauntlet here and be like, they simply must do this. But when Luke Smith says he wants to reinvigorate core content, I don't think you're reinvigorating core content by homogenizing their loot pools, and the only thing distinctive about them is the decal on the armor drop. That doesn't seem like it's a reinvigoration. That's the opposite. That seems like the opposite of reinvigoration. Homogenization is boring. If, 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 if the gun loot pool is identical across all three activities, I, that, is, that is antithetical to the word reinvigorate. Necro. Do you think mods are going to be kept general, such as raising a particular stat, or do you think mods will get more specific and have synergy? I feel if we look at the stasis subclass, if you look at that, it becomes pretty clear they're going down a direction of both. I don't think these things are juxtaposed. There are there are there are elements to those stasis images that are purely stat almost purely stat based and then there's like new abilities like shatter dive. So I think it's both and I don't think I don't think particular things that are that are there for synergy like the synergy that we saw between freezing enemies and getting a weapon buff and then the other one that says killing frozen enemies with your weapon gives you super energy. Well, that's a synergy right there. You're motivated to freeze enemies and shoot them with your weapon. Why? It's stronger after you freeze them, and when you shoot them with the gun, you get you get uh, more super energy. 
so I, th- I think it's both and. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh no, there won't be any synergies. It'll only be this. It's no, 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 no. It's it's going to be both. Um, I mean, I would be down to chase ornaments if they weren't just shaders. Yeah, a lot of the times, that's uh, that's definitely true. Mav uh, Mav Monk says. Uh, how should Bungie have better balanced vendor loot pools? In D1, the vendor-specific loot pools felt larger and more varied. Can Bungie recapture that? You know, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I honestly don't know because the loot updates in D1 were full of a lot of just n- stuff you'll never use. You'd go to Future War Cult and there were there were like two weapons that were really worth it right nobody paid any attention to the wormwood until they until they gutted shotgun's presence in the crucible right so that one doesn't even really count there was a fusion rifle and like a hand cannon that could get a they could get like a fake we called it the fake bringer it was not a fate bringer but it could get the role of a fate bringer um and then you know dead orbit had the warpath rocket launcher and then they updated it, and the hung jury's role wasn't good anymore. It's perk pool, I'm sorry, wasn't good anymore. And there was basically nothing else really at Dead Orbit worth getting. And then the Vanguard had the Occam's Razor and the Angel's Advocate Scout Rifle, but the rest of the guns just weren't that great. They had an auto rifle that was kind of eh. They had, I think, a rocket launcher that wasn't very good and some other things. Then you went to New Monarchy. New Monarchy had the wrong archetype on the hand cannon. It had the wrong uh, perk pool for the shotgun. It had the wrong archetype on, I think, a, a sniper as well. So you ended up, yes, with like this massive update. Same thing with the Crucible. You went to the Crucible and they had the palindrome and then they had everything else was just not that great, right? There was a shotgun, wasn't that great. Base stats and perk pool couldn't compete with other really good shotguns in the game. I'm trying to think of some of the other things that were in that loot pool where everything looked like a nerf gun. Everything looked like the, uh, the, the palindrome. But... But you look back and you're like, oh, but Lona, they updated every single vendor. Yeah, but again, as I said earlier, the, no, Hawksaw was not was not there. It was not part of that loot update. Hawksaw was the was the Seahawks here, all the Seahawk colors, and then the Palindrome was the Nerf gun colors. Um, so Hawksaw was from the previous year. And, uh, Hawksaw was uh, Taken King, I think. I'm having a hard time keeping it all together, but. Uh, yeah, the Event Horizon Sniper. I am sorry, I forgot about that. The point is, each vendor had five to six weapons with two that really mattered. You start adding that up, let's just say three junk weapons per vendor, that's a lot. That's 12 just from the factions. That's 18 if you include Crucible and Vanguard. That's 18 weapons that just weren't needed. They were bad. They had bad perk pools or their archetypes at the time just sucked. So, I said at the beginning of all of this, if they go more toward the direction of quality over quantity, if I'm going into a seasonal piece of content on Europa or a raid, and the guns in there are dope, bring back the era where I have one or two really good hand cannons, and that's it. I don't need 7 to 15 hand cannons that are all essentially the same and do essentially the same thing. I don't need that. I don't need quantity. I need quality. I need a gun that's worthy of my pursuit and grind. 
there was something different in D1. I always said it was the Wilson effect. There was almost nothing in the game, so we became very attached to things that weren't that great. Like, there wasn't a lot of content there, and yet we think fondly of it because we had one or two weapons that we just loved, and it took a really long time to get them. And that's different to now how. We already have a lot of weapons that have no use right now, and we already use a small weapon pool that are meta, and we don't use anything else. Right, that's my point. I think we're moving away from that. I do. I think we're moving away from quantity. I think they're moving towards quality. I think there'll be a pool for the raid, there'll be a pool for the planet, there'll be a pool for the season, and that'll generally be it. They're not going to be like, there's 10 weapons in the Crucible, here's 10 weapons in the Vanguard, here's 10 weapons in in Gambit. They're not doing that. I think people are going to complain. They're going to be like, there's not enough weapons here, but I think that the, the net benefit will be that the weapons team was able to spend more time on weapon design and perks and updates as opposed to just throwing a bunch of junk in the game that doesn't matter. We gravitate toward a handful, and then that's it. That's the end of it. Lono's a perfect example of using all different loadouts. Folks don't mix it up. I mean, I only mix things up just because, yeah, I, I've always wanted to keep things fresh. I did that in King's Fall. I would switch out my, I would switch out things all the time. I mean, look what I was running today. Arbalist, Rec- Reckless Oracle, and the Crooked Fang, just for fun. Now, obviously, I can do that when I'm running strikes and, and contact public event. I can't really do that in, in, in a, if I was running a Grandmaster or a new dungeon or a new raid. Um... It doesn't sound like D3 is in Beyond Light. It sounds like a regular expansion for weapon pools. Well, not necessarily. If there's a, if there's some type of a weapons update and an enhancement of the weapon systems itself, then I would say that still that that would make me feel like D3 is still somewhat baked in there. Um, I think it was Darksider that said we won't really see the remnants and the true in- injection of what was meant for D3 until Witch Queen when they drop Old Gen. Uh, a lot of people think we're going to drop Old Gen at Witch Queen, and I think it was Darksider that said he thinks that's when we'll see the true injection of what was meant for D3 because it's too much. It, they didn't have enough time, and maybe some of it's more built-on systems that won't run on the old on the old Gen consoles. I- again, I don't know. But if we go for quality over quantity, I mean, we got tons of quantity and then nobody cared because the quality wasn't there. That's what people always said. They're like, there's tons of guns to chase, but I don't care care about any of them. Destiny struggles with lack of variety. Unless every activity with a pool has one weapon of every archetype, we're still going to hunt one 150 hand cannon, one 600 RPM auto rifle, and whichever else new sandbox brings. We have no quantity at the moment. I, but I don't know. I felt like everybody looked at Sundial and said the same thing. They're like, you know, I, I don't need any of this stuff. I already have good stuff, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that would be, I don't know. We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait. I just have a strange feeling that they're going for smaller, smaller pools instead of just a bunch of stuff. And it'll it'll we'll obviously have to wait and see if that's if that's better. Um, is there a way you can force a five second buff on yourself? I think that would fix the live buffer. I don't know, dude. Not everybody's experiencing it. I'm not gonna mess around with a five second buffer or delay. We had 750 people here earlier, and I think 10 people spoke up and were having issues. 
that's a pretty decent ratio. I think it's regional, homie. I, I don't think me doing that would do anything. Um, I know I can add delays in the dashboard, but I think I have to start a whole new stream to do that. I can't just suddenly add a delay. <clears throat> um, Darksider with another question. With them mentioning that you can earn uh, through vendor rankups, people will get the full set within hours uh, with token spamming for leveling. Do you think this armor should be earnable through token spamming? I have always said I have always said that both currency and bounties should be contained to where they were earned. Right? That's what I think. I think that's what they should do. So, if you earned a bunch of tokens for the Vanguard in year 3 and you save them and you use them in year 4 they'll give you rewards from year 3. It should give you rewards for the time that they were earned. It doesn't make any sense to bank a bunch of bounties and tokens and be like, man, I can't wait to spend these in year 4. It's convoluted. You earned 20 tokens in year 3. You can always turn those tokens in for stuff from year 3. It's not an invalidation of your grind or your effort because you did it in year 3. You did it in year 3 strikes and content. Like, it, it's logical. Welcome to Season of Arrivals. Here's your Vanguard Season of Arrivals bounty. Here's your Crucible Van, you know, Crucible Season of Arrivals bounty. And then as soon as the season rolls over and changes, all those bounties change in name and they go away. Remember when they updated the Vanguard bounties and your and your and your Vanguard bounties went away? Remember that? That is what is how they should handle it. It does it it doesn't make any sense for you to be able to do bounties months ahead of time and tokens months ahead of time and invalidate all the natural like earn rate structures of the new content. It it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. You did this bounty in year three or in season of arrivals congratulations you get season of arrivals rewards from it like I, yeah I saw, I, I've not I've not uh, I've not seen the Mando trailer yet but I've heard about it um and I know people don't like that but it's just like that's the most sensible and logical approach to this to say bounties have the season title in them and tokens have an annual an annual shelf life. So if you're like, I got 500 tokens for year three, great. Turn them in whenever you want and you'll get year three rewards. That's honoring what you did. You earned a piece of currency for items and that currency exchange is always the exact same. 20 tokens, boom, here you go. Here's an item from year three. It is, it, it's, it's a, it's a logical, uh, you know, system. Um, I'm investing in my future. I, you can flip this around any which way you want. There are natural earn rates in games. So imagine saying, I'm going to play like crazy in Borderlands 2 so that when Borderlands 3 comes out, my character has a jump start. They create natural XP earn rates, side missions, and progression systems that are natural and bypassing them is illogical. Being able to bypass them because you played a bunch in June, bypassing stuff in November makes zero sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. 
it's it, you're, you're constantly cannibalizing the new structure, the new systems, and the new content. It's backwards. It's like bounty hoarding. I agree. You shouldn't be able to slam uh, year three vendor tokens for year four loot. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to. It would be like, oh, I ran. Imagine if they did that with a raid. Yeah, I ran 800 raids over the summer. I got all these raid tokens. I'm going to go buy new raid gear. Would that be fair? Would that be you investing in the future? Bypassing raid grind of the new raid? Being able to get a disproportionate amount of raid drops because you ran a bunch of raids in the summer? Don't you see? If you try to apply this logic in other areas of the game, you can just see how silly it is. But Lono, I did a bunch of trials over the summer. I should be able to save all this and get all the new trial stuff when the new trials loot drops. No, absolutely not. If you want the new trial stuff, go do the new trials. But but Lono, I got flawless a hundred times over the summer. I should be able to save that and go get a hundred new flawless weapons in season 13. No, no, it doesn't make any sense. I raided a bunch, I ran trials a bunch, I should be able to bypass the new grind and the new structures of pursuit in trials and raids. You apply it to any other system and it's seen for just pure and utter folly. That doesn't make any, that, that, that is completely nonsensical. It's nonsensical. I ran a bunch of strikes over the summer, therefore, I should be able to bypass grind in the winter to get all the new strike stuff, all the new armor. What? What? No, that's stupid. (laughs) It's dumb. Apples to oranges, who the frick cares? Because it makes more sense. It makes more sense to contain the grind and the pursuit. So you land in a season and it's fresh. There's new avenues for pursuit. There's new new, uh, timelines for you to place yourself in. When you jump over those timelines, let's think of it a completely different way, okay? If let's let's flop season of the worthy and season of dawn. Let's just flop them. Let's swap. Let's swap when they showed up. If you would have done a bunch of grinding in season of the worthy and then saved currency to then bypass the season of dawn grind. Do you remember the grind with the obelisks? It wouldn't have made any sense. You landed... Actually, no. Let's let's rewind the clock. If you would have saved a bunch of Vex offensive currency and bypassed the Obelisk grind in Season of Dawn, you're destroying a natural acquisition entry point. You're just bypassing it. Oh, I don't have to do any of that stuff with the Obelisks. Why? Well, because I, I, I played Vex Offensive a bunch, and it it stands to reason that because I, gr- I grinded this seasonal content a bunch, I should, be able to, I should be able to take that as a surplus into the new seasonal content and bypass all that grind. It's the same thing. Hey, they updated the Vanguard loot pool and the strike reward pool, and there's this new armor and all this new stuff. And you're like, cool, I ran strikes all summer. Slam, 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 bypass it all. It's the same thing. It's no different. You're grinding one activity that will get an update in the next season or in the next year or whatever, and then you're bypassing that early game grind. It's backwards. The guy from the Diablo 2.0 loot system said in his post on Reddit, sometimes you have to protect players 
from themselves. You have to protect players from themselves. And in this regard, I think allowing people to bounty hoard and token hoard and then slam their way through everything the minute the new year starts, it is counterproductive. It's counterproductive. Saving up to buy a hundred engrams day one so that you get guns way faster and a turnover rate of loot way faster than is sensible, you're you're cannibalizing and harming your own experience. It doesn't make any sense. The tokens were earned during a certain era. It should give loot from that era. It's simple. It's clean. It's logical. You're making exceptions for certain things like just strikes and crucible, I guess, since that's like the only place where we earn these stupid tokens. Just get them out of the game, actually. That's what I think they should do, because then there is no surplus. You start at zero, a seasonal rank of zero, and XP raises your rank, and rank up packages drop. There is no surplus. We all start even and we all start fair at the beginning of a season. So so to have just those two areas only, just strikes and crucible, the only area in the game where you get to carry over a surplus of currency, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I, so, we gotta move on. We, t- we spent a lot of time on that one. Uh, Hitman. Lona, would you be in favor with rare items that drop from various activities that allow a person to either re-roll a complete piece of armor or select a single stat star stat to re-roll? I feel like a lot of games work this in to help players with their builds. Um, no. They let us change affinity. That's pretty good. I think they should let us change uh, masterworks on guns. Make it expensive like changing an affinity. Especially if the gun's fully masterworked. Um, let us change masterworks, but that's it. I think it's it's more about empowering you to pursue good gear. I would rather continue to try to chase high stat armor in the dungeon than get one piece and then just like currency slam it to what I want. Um, so currency slamming or tweaking an item, I've never been in favor of that in Destiny. We don't have enough stat and perk diversity to let you do that. I think that would get a little too player control is a dangerous dangerous thing it's like pandora's box if you open it up all the way it'll destroy the game it'd be too easy to get a god tier build purely through brute force currency grind because how whatever you put in the way here of re-rolling or changing a stat or whatever i i don't know i think it's better to keep people out in the activities right I'm going to keep running this raid. I'm going to keep running this dungeon and eventually I'll get a good stat roll instead of, oh, I got a pretty decent piece. Let me just slam currency until I get what I want. They kind of did that with Wrath, right? You got a piece of armor and you could re-roll it until you got the combination that you wanted. I was in favor of that. There was an internal currency in Wrath. You know what I would have been more in favor of? Just let me keep getting drops in wrath and eventually I'll get the gauntlets that I want. That's better. That's less transactional. That's more of a loot pursuit. The drops are more exciting than me sitting there cling, 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 re-rolling a stat. Raven. Lona, are you bothered by the way that the tower armor looks? I get that they aren't the main focus of the grind, but the armor looks real gambity or tangled shore-ish rather than something Zavala or Shax would give out. This is very subjective, and I I don't want to spend lots of time on this because there's people that are like, Destiny 1 armor is better than Destiny 2 armor. And I'm like, 
<laughs> like, I go through the collections and I'm like, you're on. You, you, like, other than Age of Triumph and some trial sets, you're nuts. Like, there are so many insanely intricate, beautiful armor sets in Destiny 2. It's nuts. Just go through the armor one day. Uh, just go through the end game armor. Just that section. And I'm like, how in the the world can you think that D1 armor was uh, was better? So you're saying it doesn't feel like something they would give us, and it feels more like Tangled Shore or Gambity. Again, I'm like, I don't see that. I I don't know. Maybe it's thematic for the year. We got like a knife, you know. It feels kind of space pirate. Maybe that's the Drifter and the Tangled Shore influence that you're seeing. Um, I actually think I like the way that it looks. Uh, so, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's I gave this example in uh, my review of Captain Marvel. I was like, I went into it expecting not to like it, came out liking it. If you look for things that are good in Captain Marvel, there are plenty of things for you to find. If you go to Captain Marvel and you look for things that are bad, yeah, there's plenty of things in that movie that aren't so hot some poor writing, some poor line delivery, some strange pacing, etc. You can look at it and find things to dislike. And I feel like this is a similar scenario. People look at it and the, your first instinct is, Ugh, I don't like that. Or it's like, oh, I kind of like that. I, you know, it's, and then that determines everything from that point on. We get lost in this, you know? I like the Europa armor. Yeah, and I don't. I think the Europa armor looks like we're going to go hiking in a tundra. I don't want to wear that. I'm a I'm a god that is slain gods. I don't want to wear a backpack with with rate with radio antenna coming off it. But other people are going to look at it and be like, "Oh, that's cool. That's really cool." I think the helmets are cool. The helmets we've seen are cool, but I think the backpack stuff is stupid looking. But that's just me. That's just me. You may think the backpack stuff looks cool. Five bucks from Rogue. Uh, the reason why I don't mind Currency Slam is because there's no clear way to grind for some weapons like Dire Promise without token slamming. Ah, but do you see? Do you see? Don't settle for mud pies in the slums. Ask for access to paradise, dude. Like, ask for something better. Why settle for token slamming? Ask for better loot pursuit. Don't defend token slamming because, well, it's the only real way to go for this. No! That's a problem. Give us directional, you know, intentional grinds. Don't let Bungie get away with bad loot pursuit so they can punt and be like, well, we let you token slam. Like, you see what I'm saying? I can appreciate where you're coming from, and I do agree with you. I arrive at a different conclusion. I agree with your premise. Your premise is, it's pretty sucky that we don't have a good way to go for a dire promise. I agree with you. And... That means we should token slam. No, we should ask for direct grinds or, or boon drops or something like that. Like drop boons, something like that. I mean, if there was better loot, I would be okay with getting rid of token slam. Well, isn't that the other problem? If we ask, if we ask for loot hierarchy and they put some pretty dope loot in the Vanguard, do you want people getting really dope new flashy things because they played strikes over the summer and they just boom, just slam their way? Uh, that cheapens it doesn't it there's no celebration there's no oh dude it took me a couple weeks man I was grinding strikes like crazy finally got this drop yeah dude it's awesome instead it's no I stood in the tower for an hour on launch day yeah it was thrilling Uh, a bunch of them went to the postmaster (laughs) rain the dark 
With the armor being relatively fine looking, do you feel that Bungie is moving toward the appearance of armor being cooler in Endgame? I generally hope we have full loot hierarchy. To be fair, I think armor in the Endgame has been pretty stellar. I do. I think, and I know this gets subjective, and I know we get lost in these weeds when we start debating this. But when I come here and I click end game and I inspect a lot of this stuff, Hood of the Great Hunt, that's great. That's a great helmet. I think it looks good. It takes shaders really well. You got different, you got different little little areas and in, in the ways that it hits. I think if you look at you know the gunsmith stuff, the gunsmith devotion stuff for Scourge, and even the Crown stuff. Unfortunately, I think Crown has some of the better looking armor, uh, and Crown kind of sucked. But Crown has, I think, really really good looking armor. Unfortunately, Crown does something that we all hate, and they need to do away with this. Uh, it has what we call persistent colors, and I think the purple is it's not bad, but I think the purple persistent color. Uh, can turn can you know can turn people off um you come down here i mean you got this dungeon i i wish i could turn off the dido uh stuff because i actually think that looks great that looks very almost samurai-esque with like the flowing uh robes and like the flowing almost like the flowing belt uh and i wish i could take the dido uh in like like letters off of it but i think this stuff looks really really good i think this stuff looks unique and i reskin reskin for the you know the garden stuff by and large, I think if you look across the gamut of endgame stuff that we've gotten, I actually feel like they've done a very good job uh, with the armor designs and with it feeling uh, what do I mean by persistent color? A color that doesn't change when you put a shader on it. The other ones we're forgetting are the uh, the open world sets. Goodness gracious. Look at the Braytech set. Okay. Look at the Braytech set. Then look at the Warmind set for Escalation Protocol. I mean, come on, man. We didn't have anything like this in D1. Look at that. Look at how intricate that is. Look at how many pieces and parts. There's wires. There's, there's, oh my gosh. I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I know this gets subjective, but I, I think you are literally crazy and blind with nostalgia to think that D1 had consistently better armor. There were some stellar, amazing, write your mom about them, write a letter about how beautiful the armor is. Like, there were some stellar armor sets in D1, but man, D1 has really, really, I'm sorry, D2 has done an excellent job. I really think it's, they've done an excellent job. That's one of the weirder ones from the Tangled Shore. Um, But, I don't know, man. I... I, 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 I it's it's hard for me to talk about this in a in a in a strong way. I don't want to like argue too strongly because I do think this is subjective. But man, I don't know. You look at open world and end game, just warlocks alone. I'm like, man, some of that stuff is just awesome looking. Uh, so, Oki says, doesn't transmog incentivize Bungie to put the most creative armor in the end game and the eververse? The ability to farm high stat roll seems to be the biggest news about vendor armor. Uh, I'm going to say yes and no here because we don't know how you transmog something. Just getting the raid armor doesn't necessarily mean you can transmog it. What if you have to... Un- you actually... You have to get the raid armor and then earn it and you convert it into a universal ornament and we don't know what that's going to entail. Run 50 raids. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. $25 in silver. Yeah, I don't know. I... I think it's fair to charge silver because you're basically creating a universal ornament, which is no different than buying a universal ornament. Nothing in D2 is close to this, but it's subjective. I mean, the Wrath armor plus the ornaments from Age of Triumph is some of the best armor I think they've ever created, but 
the stuff they've made now I mean especially once they fix the glows for solstice ah, that's the, the solstice armor has been really good actually Remember when we compared all the Solstice armor because the glows were really weak and we looked at last year's Solstice armor and the Solstice armor before? Man, they have done, they've got some great armor sets in Destiny 2. They really do. They really do. Look at raid armor. I did! I did look at the raid armor. A lot of the raid armor is really nice. Wrath armor is way better. It's subjective. I. It's... You, you say you say Picasso's you know paintings are, are worth it and you're gonna spend millions to have one in your home and I might look at a Picasso and say uh what's that it's completely subjective Ashen you say the armor and whatnot isn't enough to invigorate core activities however what would be what sort of weapons and armor would you put into core playlists to make them worth playing but not overshadowing and making webs raid loot obsolete good guns that are that are <laughs> excuse me good guns that look like where they come from like when they had the spare rations <laughs> there was excuse me there was no good pursuit for spare rations right there was no good pursuit for spare rations but the spare rations and the doomsday grenade launcher and all those guns what they were new they were they were cool they weren't amazing but they were cool they were good and they look like their origin you do the same thing they're talking about adding adept weapons into the cruise into the strike playlist. Well, no, into strikes. So you could have normal versions dropping in the playlist, and you could have adept versions dropping in the nightfall. And the chance of the adept guns dropping goes up the higher up you go into the nightfall difficulty. Do do do, ship it, ship it. Crucible. You could have your normal weapons, and then you have the adept in trials. It works. There's a spectrum. You gotta go up. It gets harder. You know, you want the better stuff. You do the same thing in the strike playlist. Oh man, what do we get this season? Uh, there is a sniper rifle and a pulse rifle in the strike playlist, uh, and the normal versions are pretty good. Good loot pool. Uh, good perk pool. Uh, but the adept version, oh yeah, the adept version's got this. Ooh. I need that. Oh, I have to go into the nightfall to get the adept version. The higher up I go in difficulty, the better the drop rate. It's dropping almost every time at Grandmaster. Ship that. All you gotta do is like one or two weapons a season. That's it. That's all you have to do. You could even say, well, what happens when the season's over? Well, then I can affect the drop, what drops by going and buying boons from the Vanguard or something. Do the same thing in Crucible. Now, unfortunately, it seems Trials is going to be getting an annual update of guns. So, there's your format right there. Trials has normal and adept, and then Strikes could have normal and adept, and you update that pool of guns annually. It needs to be a pretty decent amount. That Because people be like, well, isn't the raid supposed to be synonymous with Trials? No, I actually think Grandmaster makes more sense to parallel with Trials. Because going Flawless in Trials and Grandmaster, and then you can tick like go down in difficulty and say, oh, the, well, this night falls easier. Yeah, well, so is getting bounties and, and getting drops for win three. You see, it's, it's, it's a more, I think the spectrum works better for a parallel there. Finding chemo. I feel the biggest problem with all the criticism is the lack of info. Yes, true. Do you think that people's criticism is both of the new armor and the adored would subside if we had more info about what is coming in Beyond Light? 
I'm telling you, man, this is par for the course. We ride this merry-go-round every time we're in a drought of content and in a drought of information. We ride this merry-go-round every dadgum time. I did this before Worthy. I did this before Arrivals. Why aren't we hearing anything? What the heck? This doesn't bode well. The season must suck. There must be no content. Why won't they talk to us? Why won't they promote it? Now, I know expansions tended to get stuff a little bit earlier, but we've gotten a good amount of stuff for Beyond Light, even during normal summer press, you know, push that they do with the stasis trailers, the stasis dives, where we they go in and show us the fragments and the aspects. They've outlined that entire system to us. Like, I do feel like we have gotten a decent amount of information in sort of their normal summer marketing push. We're in another era. People are working from home. The expansion got delayed for two months. Adjust your expectations, or I guess spend every day between now and November frustrated and yelling at the sky. I... I don't know. I... (laughs) 10 out of 10 patients from you. I've heard you telling people to understand that there's always a calm period before the expansion for several years now. I... (laughs) This is what would happen. This is what happened. They'd go to E3, they'd get you all hyped, they'd they'd do expansion commercials and trailers, and they'd go and do interviews, and people would be like, ooh, they're doing an interview with YouTube. No new information. What the frick, Bungie? What... That's what they do. They talk to YouTube. They talk to Twitch. They talk to IGN. They talk to all the different platforms and they have their talking points. They have their little card of what they want to say. And you know what happened in the months that followed E3? Why aren't we hearing anything more? Where's the info? Where's the stuff? Where's the... It'll be here. (laughs) It'll be here. Uh, Nick says... The armor would very well be a Strike Crucible Gambit drop. Oh, could very well. And not a vendor drop. That's not what it says. Uh, would hiding it in the activity and allowing direct pursuance of a certain piece make it more fun to pursue and with a variety of perks make up for the visuals? Well, the visuals are subjective and they've already said you're going to get these from package. They're, they're going to drop in strikes, but they're also going to come from uh, rank ups. So, and there's going to be a, an option to pursue, you know, higher stats. So, um, I'll switch characters to make sure we get the, the, the reset. Last question, Resurrect. Why do you think Bungie has stayed away from armor glows? Uh, also, if they start making them glow more, would it be okay to have uh, cool glowing looking armor in the Eververse? Uh, I wouldn't have a problem if they start doing more glows or cooler glows or whatever and they put them in the Eververse. That's, 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 I think that's fine, but I think one of the reasons we haven't seen a lot of glows and a lot of environmental stuff is because the old gen stuff struggles. Um, Rain on Titans, Smoke and uh, Scourge of the Past. I'm sorry, Smoke and Wrath of the Machine Siege Engine. Uh, in- environmental effects have caused all kind of problems over the years. So that's likely why we're not seeing tons of glows. Although the glow on the Solstice armor, now that they pumped up the, glow, the, the the brightness, I think is is good. So, all right. Uh, if you're listening to this elsewhere, always you can always go to say no to rage.com Monday through Friday to catch these live. If you're here right now and you haven't clicked subscribe in the bell button, please do that. It is totally free to click subscribe in the bell button. Also, feel free to smash the like button. We love to see the like count roll over throughout the day. We'll be going to VIP call-ins in just a brief moment. If you're a VIP or you want to be a VIP, you can join me live on the air to discuss this. Uh, you can click the join button to become a paying member to do that. As always, if you're listening or watching elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. 
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session after my discussion about the Beyond Light Vendor Armor. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, or watching the past broadcast on YouTube, you can always catch these live Monday through Friday during the day. SayNoToRage.com will bring you there. Clicking subscribe and the bell button helps me out and like button as well. For those of you that are used to individual uploads for Q&A and VIP, we are going to the timestamp method. I just upload the 10-minute talk, and then you can find this through the timestamp clicking. I know it's different, but it's better for the channel, and I, I hate to make that the reason, but it was really, really bad for the channel and my subs to get so many videos in a day. So, uh, Light Leap's our first person calling in today. Go ahead, sir. Uh, hello. So this time, I'm actually not going to complain about that much. I actually wanted to praise the designers a little bit. Okay. Um, I know. I don't know if you remember. We sometimes had these D1 versus D2 armor discussions. Mm-hmm. And while I conceded the point that the, that the D2 armor is just as detailed, I always felt. I think it's because actually now I discovered it's because of the character proportions that they changed um, the base model. That's why it sometimes looks looks a little goofy, especially if you compare female and male titan, right? But mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy that they're going to this like base um, and, and gritty sci-fi that D1 feeling was a little bit, right? The Cosmodrome and everything it was like abandoned worlds. And I feel like this is a really good design for especially a base pursuit armor in the in the core activities because um, you can because you can like more more space wizardry or more magic or more ornamental or more more finished looking can be then armor for a better better activity so i really really like that and i seem to be like one of the only people who do because apparently i don't know i just see upvoted comments on reddit all the time how ugly this armor is supposed to be um uh, yeah yeah i mean i i think that's a that's a that's always going to be a struggle too because they want to keep it sort of faithful to i mean i can clearly look at the helmets and know who is who you know the warlock's got like that center it's almost like a vertical like vertical visor opening on the on the the warlock um and i agree it does look a little bit more like sci-fi futuristic it's also a good mixture i just now realized of both cloth and metal um usually it's one or the other it's either all cloth or all metal um and so it I, I tend to agree. I mean, obviously, the, the Hunter Dead Center kind of reminds me a little bit of Fallout with, the, you know, almost like a gas mask feel. Uh, and then that, you know, that thin visor that I guess he's got to look through. <laughs> uh, That's true. But it, it has kind of the same vibe that, remember, the D1, um, um, like, marketing images of the classes first. The Hunter had, like, this gas. Already yes. that Hunter looked a bit Fallout-like, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that. He was, you know, the hunter was kind of out in the wastelands, out in the desert, and had like this really unique armor. It almost looks like, it looks, almost like it's more tied to the real world, while at the same time being like, oh, that's what it would look like if you were kind of like out as a survivor in these areas and not running around in a big giant NASA spacesuit. Um, I think the only thing that that I could see being a complaint is that some of the armor is really, really similar to the others, especially if you look at, like, the the gauntlets, um, the, the, the arms. Um, you you can see, like, the shoulder pad of the warlock and the, and the hunter very, very similar, and then the canisters on the forearm. I can see people being like, oh, that's not very distinct, but I also think that's they're trying to make it thematically consistent, so you immediately look at that armor and know, oh, that was the vendor armor from Beyond Light. Like, it all kind of has a similar look. I also just noticed that... 
it almost looks like a little camera on the side of the warlock's helmet that little sort of camera thing is on the hunter's shoulder uh the hunter's left shoulder on the right side of the image um yeah it's interesting that they've got like different elements obviously they all have the knife i don't know what they did with the titan knife it, li- it literally looks pasted in there like it's wrong <laughs> um yeah it's true and also i think i'm a little sad because bungie sneakily always uses a female titan in their marketing images and these shoulder pads i think they will be the same as we already had for vanguard armor on the titan they'll be huge on a male titan I, I, yeah. I don't know i think they know themselves that the male titan is kind of like over proportion that's that's something i realized there's a good comparison image from the one to the two on that where i guess maybe the female and male models were too similar so they had to overdo it a little bit but oh yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it i i i agree that it's subjective and it's hard to say you know it can one can somebody be right or wrong about how good or bad armor is thank you jitsu for coming back and renewing your membership enjoy the blue badge uh, that's for three months. The, um, you know, but I I do. I looked at the the Titan helmet. I actually looked at all the helmets and thought, I really like this stuff. This stuff does look more worn, more battle-worn, uh, more dingy. I'm not a fan of the Vanguard colors, but again, you can slap a shader on there. Uh, and, you know, the only thing I'd like to see them do, and I just, I'm thinking of this now, thinking out loud, looking at this, is if I apply, I want to. It would be great if armor had three different wear states because all of this armor looks beat up. The knife, the knife sheath for the hunter's got a bunch of scratches on it. His chest has a bunch of scratches on it. The the warlock's you know gambit stuff looks faded and it's like it's been through the wash too many times. And then the you know the titan's got like almost like splatter. His paint is all splattered and chipped. I, I kind of I don't know. I'd I'd love to be able to say. Uh, you know, hey, let me let me change the wear state, you know? Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, if they would have this armor customization to that level in the game, sure. But I kind of think that they also have to, so for example, if you then get the raid armor, of course, it's going to hopefully be a completely different design. But it's also nice that, you know the, the 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 nice and sleek looking armor comes from different different activities, right? So you'd have um, so you have like the basic armor is more gritty, more used like the tangle shorts stuff more you find in the world, and then the let's say the exclusive raid armor, the dungeon armor maybe has some some more more thematic teams and it's more clean. Yeah, or you can unlock wear state wear states on it, <clears throat> kind of like you know we've we've thought about ways they could do weapon specialization the more you use it maybe you could get like an ornament for it uh as a way of kind of what they're doing with the sniper but kind of not like a secondary quest that lets you change the way that it looks maybe they could do that with trials and raid armor to say hey this is some of the best armor in the game and we're adding wear earnable wear states so if you want it to look beat up and dented and scratched you can unlock that or if you want it to look pristine and shiny and almost chrome you know, uh, like light reflecting off of it. Smiggins McBuns, thank you for upgrading to VIP. I appreciate that. Um, that could be cool. And like you're saying, that could be a clear difference between something you find out in the world or vendor armor, not having that. Because um, armor is essentially armor. It's, I don't think they're going to be able to make like adept armor necessarily. I don't know how they would do that. That's why I was talking about like raid mods earlier. Like that would give you the freedom to make your, you know, your loadout stronger in the raid, but not like, oh, you have to run the raid armor. Um, and 
that would be a great way to distinguish endgame armor from non-endgame armor is increase customization, ornamentation, and flair. Because ultimately, that's what armor is a lot of the times. Is it's it's a way to make. I I I know you don't like it, but I love the the ornaments for Titans this season. I look like a big giant mech, um, <clears throat> and I know you don't yeah. like that. You think it's too big, but I I I love it. It's some of the fa- some of my favorite armor in D two. Um, I don't know my big per in, in, in like purely that it's like massive, as you said, like a mech. What I don't like about the current season is more I never like stuff on armor that looks too uh, ornamental. So, for mm-hmm. example, like on the Titan, le- or the, on the Hunter legs, uh, there's just this piece of metal that's also protruding for some reason, you know. And it's just yeah. to me, it's like I don't know. My brain just can't go. Like, why would it be there? That doesn't look like it serves any purpose and would be very uncomfortable to run with or immobile. You know what I mean? Or like, it looks very heavy um, and not very. So, so I don't mind like large per se. I, I mind it when it's like. Like the Titan shoulder point when they get so absurdly large that you feel like they don't serve a purpose or inhibit the, it just it just breaks immersion for me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like that they finally had Zavala use his little giant shoulder thing in the one cutscene. Um, yeah, for the Almighty. The Zion, right, right, right. Yeah, you know, because yeah, it does seem good. a little silly. It's like, man, when you like when you stretch or move around, do you bonk yourself in the face with that thing? Like, how many, <laughs> how many times have you whacked yourself and get, get, gotten a little headache, you know? And I, the grenade canisters on their forearms look cool, but again, it's like, when are we using that? Do we, do we you know, do we have underbarrel grenade launchers that we're going to be putting oh, that in? that's true, that's true, but it could be, right? I mean, but now, honestly, I hope this this knife on the Titan armor that was just forgotten on the armor, because now I can't unsee it. It really looks like... They forgot it on the Titan armor, and they just pasted the knife on top of it. But, yeah, the, but the, you know, I, I, I wonder. Sorry, but I just wonder for a second if they couldn't finish the Titan set in time, because if you look at it, it looks almost exactly like one of the Vanguard sets we already had. So I wonder if they like realized, oh man, this looks too similar. Just paste the knife also on there <laughs> for this marketing image. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be like this game, but it's 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 funny. I mean, the truth, the truth is, I don't think any of the knives look, they don't look right. There's not, there's the shadow isn't, it's not, it's like, it's not there. Um, it's, it's almost like it's hovering on all three of them. It's just the placement on the other two seems more natural. The Titan one literally looks like <laughs> someone <laughs> drug that layer in Photoshop and just smacked it there. Because the lighting's not even right on the on the Titan. Look at the shadow on the handle. The shadow is coming from the right side, but when you look at that part of his chest piece, that part of his chest piece is more illuminated. Like it doesn't it doesn't right. look right. It also looks like I mean if you would hold a knife like this, you better not ever trip, right? Because that looks like it's the right point right at his head compared to the other guys. But yeah, maybe it's just a weird perspective. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have more more pictures, uh, you know, as time comes on. And I, I want to get a closer look at, I, I think it honestly it looks like the, the, the Crucible got the, the best shake here because their decal it feels almost like it's got like a bevel, like that the birds are slightly raised, and so are like the black slashes on the arms. And then the the snakes are painted and they're kind of faded. And then the vanguard stuff looks again like some kid did it in his garage with like stencils and spray paint. It doesn't look very good. I think I feel like the the crucible got the the 
the, obviously the better color scheme from my perspective, but not just a better color scheme. They got uh, you know a better a better decal effect on the armor, or even the leather a little bit of the of the the black one looks more shiny, reflect more detail. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's I, I wish. I mean, I wish. I hope maybe. I, don't, I think it's too much too much of a change coding probably in game. They would have to recode all the armor. That's absurd. But I kind of wish they would go back to Warlocks having their arms were that they are actually all the way up to the to the to the shoulder. Mm. Because most sets are basically on the warlock, especially just defined by the set piece, right? Um, yeah. Um, but I've, I'm not really hoping for that because it's probably too much of a fundamental change. Yeah. Well, anyways, that's that's it from me. Thanks for calling in. I'm I'm not going to complain too much today. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks All for calling right. in, Lightly. All right. All right, Avenger. What do you got for me today? Avengers up next. Yeah, um, so when I look at this armor and, you know, whether, you know, if you think it looks good or looks bad, you know, to me, I think the Hunter set looks the best. You know, I think the Warlock set looks pretty cool. Titan subjective. You know, we can can talk about that for hours. But to me, you know, if you're going to be giving us ornaments to go for, and I always love the idea of the legendary armor ornaments, especially the ones they did in um in in the factions in the faction rallies i thought you know when warmind came out and you had these armor ornaments that were just slight tweaks to it or you know it changed the texture here and there i always thought that was very interesting so to me in seeing these it's like okay well you're giving me armor ornaments well make it feel like that when you're giving me these armor ornaments that they are something interesting and something unique because this instead of three armor sets for a vendor reset you're giving us one and you're giving us a decal and maybe some shaders so to me that feels it feels like it's almost taking away from it but then at the same sense i have a feeling if this is what they're giving us for vendors and base content i'm wondering what they're going to be adding as content in other things that are coming in beyond light yeah, I mean, because the the question is for me is always what what are the loot pools look like, you know? So when I th- there's obviously going to be the the set that we've seen for Europa and those five weapons. Well, what is that pool attached to? Is it just dropping generically on that planet? Is there some semblance of a lectern table or bounties? Um, is that literally the the guns for the seasonal activity? Like I, I don't know. You know, that's I always want to see that. I want to see a nice, you know, succinct sort of. Here's the the loot pool. So it, if they go if they go you know throughout the game and they give everything this sort of treatment of like, well, all the armor is basically the same. It kind of looks different depending on you know warlock, titan, or hunter, but it's still they're basically the same pieces. Um, and then, you know, I think guns are the bigger question here. I just, I can't see myself running strikes once I'm fully leveled for this armor. I need more of a reason to go run strikes. Um, I mean, presently I do it just for the chance of a plus one and hitting the right spot. And that's really it. Um, so, I don't know how this, this again to me feels like that base level foundational update to the game and then the other loots, loot pools, and NPCs, and and 
content loops will have their own rules and their own thing going on um and this feels very very separate from that this feels more attached to like we're making some base game updates this is almost to me like bounties you know we're making some changes to bounties now yeah i guess that would affect any new npcs that come out because they would they would probably have their own bounties um but i don't know i don't see this being copied and and replicated elsewhere because I mean, unless unless there's an activity on Europa, and then there's the Europa NPC, and then the armor is essentially the same, but it looks slightly different depending on whether you get it from the activity or the NPC. I mean, is that what you're thinking? I mean, it's more of the fact that we are normally used to getting three armor sets per vendor sets, and even if you're saying you know this is this is without all the extra studios and all that stuff, whatever it may be. We're still, that's the content cycle that we've gotten used to, even when there was a year of development time. And even if it was the same models, just slightly reskinned, or just a slight thing added to the model, that's what we normally expect. And since we aren't getting that, we're getting the same armor set with just, at this point, a shader and maybe some interesting decals, which shaders already do that half the time, that, you know, we're getting these things, so what is the other content going to be? Okay, are, are we going to get? Uh, are we going to get this similar? Probably not. But how much more content are we getting in space of them taking away the bandwidth from making three armor sets? How much of that is going to be applied to other content? Is mainly what I wanted to. Yeah, I. For me, at this point, I have three giant questions. Number one. How much housekeeping and quality of life is left? Because I do think there's more things they need to talk about. What What's happening to bounties? Are there changes to leveling? Are you doing anything different with the artifact? Those are, those are all falling under quality of life. So I have a big giant question mark about that. Like, what more do you have to say about quality of life? And then the next two big questions I have is, I want to know in detail, I don't need to see it all, but I need to know in detail what I'm getting in Beyond Light and in detail what I'm getting in the season because they're now separate purchases that require a $50 price point. So those are the three questions I have. I feel that the first question, quality of life, is is going to continue to get answered in September. I feel the changes to Strikes, Gambit, Crucible, uh, the Pursuit Weapon, and this armor all falls under. These are some base level changes we're making to the game. This is stuff you're going to see. This is what it's going to look like. We're getting rid of daily story. We're getting rid of three nightfalls. We're going down to these two. Here's all the ga- here's all the changes, the game changes we're making to Gambit, <clears throat> and then we're uh, we're they're going to continue to do this. I-, I think this Thursday is going to be another week of basically like, hey, you know, we heard you guys in year three having issues with bounties. Here's how bounties are going to change shape in year two and likely uh i'm sorry year four and likely in that update about bounties they would talk about the bounty board being accessible in orbit they hinted at that um they maybe give us a screenshot of that and then they have another week where they're probably gonna i I think they would tackle leveling in the artifact in the same week uh and maybe season pass that's a big maybe i feel like season pass is an engine that runs well but maybe they mentioned season pass and how you could continue leveling it for incentives or prestige it or something I don't know if that's a front burner issue, but I could see them addressing leveling, artifact, and season pass all in the same twab. And then after that, I feel that we would be close enough to October. That gets us through September. So that's this week, bounties, next week, leveling, and the artifact. And then once we get to October the 1st, 
I could see them starting to trickle out more information. Um, here is a glimpse at everything coming in the $10 season. And, and here is a glimpse at everything coming in Beyond Light. And then that gets us to the eights. And then you got one, two, three, four. You got four more weeks after that of, I don't know, vid doc breakdowns. Um, if there's a weapons update of any kind, uh, what's their vision for adept weapons? Maybe they need to talk about that. Maybe that's a housekeeping issue that even comes before marketing. Like, you know, a while back we announced that we were kicking around the idea of adept weapons and here's how it took shape in Destiny 1. Here's how it's going to take shape in Destiny 2 so that we understand it before it gets here because they were entertaining the idea of like adept weapon mod slots and things like that. So for, for me, I always expect the hype and the and the marketing and the updates like a splash page for Beyond Light and a splash page for the season like where is that if I if you're charging me ten bucks for it I feel like it needs its own splash page with all the information and everything that's coming with it I I, I always expect that really really close to launch um, and that we got a lot of twabs between now and the tenth uh, we have a lot of twabs I don't I don't even know how many that was that's just that's just two more in this month alone and then five in October. So that's seven and then a, and then a an eight that's eight I mean that's two months worth of Thursdays that we have until then that is that's a lot of time for them to cover system-wide updates and changes as well as starting to ramp up the marketing and this is something so you when you talked about those big questions so you hit that first you're talking about um, you know what you know what else is left you know what, what's all this housekeeping and what's going on here Talking about that second question, talking about the price point, when we're talking about the content that's been, that we know at least all the details of, at least right now, we have the armor, the pursuit weapons, we know what the planets look like, um, we know the playlist changes, we know what the, the strikes coming, all this stuff. All of this is free content. I We don't know if Stacey is coming out as not as just for across the board like everyone gets it i'm assuming it won't be i'm assuming that'll be time to be on light but everything that we've been told as of now is free content with the exception of stasis and that to me at least and i think i think it's more the fact that we're at the point where we where if it wasn't delayed we would be sitting down and playing it and we would be having a different discussion um but i think it's more to the point where we're at that we're at that well it's two months away it's at it what is actually coming out in this <laughs> and you know that's no. the market decision of how they've done it but everything they've given us is free and i think that's where a lot of people's concerns are as well i want to say that actually is comforting but related in a different way what uh, it was yesterday's vip call-in where i went to the splash page for season of arrivals and I, I showed how there was such a small difference between the freed and, and the paid uh, paid bullet li- like bullet point lists. And I said, this is such bad value transmission. I, I see two things that I got for the $10, right? And then obviously the season pass, but that doesn't really translate as, as concretely as content, a content loop, a loot pool, things to go do. It seemed like, wow, the free-to-play players are getting almost as much as me. Like, what did I actually get for the $10? 
and in a similar in a similar vein here the reason i'm encouraged is i feel like they're really making sure to outline all the free stuff first and then done talking about that now here's everything you get when you buy beyond light here's everything you get when you buy the season so it's it's a lot clearer um because I, I feel like for Season of Arrivals, it wasn't clear. I feel like for the seasons in general, they went to that a la carte format this year, and they went free-to-play at the same time, and I feel like it muddied the marketing. It was like, I don't understand. It seems like free-to-play players are getting 80%, and we're getting that extra 20%, and is that is that communicating value to me as a purchasing consumer? It would be the question. Now, obviously, if you look at the season pass, you immediately see most of what, like, oh, cool, I get all this and they don't. I get this ornament set. I get this uh, exotic ornament for my gun. I get ornaments for the weapons, for the sword, you know, etc. And so I think there, um, there's, there, there's the clear value transmission, like, in the game. But when I go and look at the marketing, I'm like, I don't see it. And so... That's why when you're when you're good to point out, you know, a lot of this stuff is just free stuff. Like we're not hearing anything about what are we getting this paid, what are we getting this paid. That actually encourages me. It's like, okay, get all this free stuff out of the way. I don't care about this. If it's free for everybody, that's eh, not my concern. What am I getting for fifty bucks? Like, you know, and then I can create in my mind some semblance of a plan of like, okay, that'll last me X number of weeks before I probably start to feel like I'm getting near the end of the grind. Um, as far as how many weapons and, and how many activities and everything else. Um, so I think that the concern now is like we see a, one new strike, one returning strike, Europa, Cosmodrome, and some a, a gun and, and shared geometry armor. And people are like, are you kidding me? That's nothing. Like, what is that? And I think people are good to have that, their radar kind of on right now. Like, okay, when are we going to start to really hear the, the juicy details? Uh, let me let me try to spin this in a positive way, not as like a shill or anything. The fact that everybody's getting wound up about the lack of information is probably a good thing. It means we're all in tune to the same absence and vacancy of information. It's like they haven't said anything yet, right? Now, if I was reading this twab and this blog and then there was all these things of like, hey, go go pre-order Beyond Light right now and links and all this... I think I'd probably be on the team of concern, but because there's that lack of call to action, I'm like, they're not really telling us anything right now. I feel like we're all on the same wavelength. We're just coming to different levels of concern. We're all in the same wavelength of like, Bungie has said virtually nothing about Beyond Light in the season. We know there's a price increase. And outside of that, we know some some window dressing free things and some updates that they're doing, but we don't know anything more than that. We, we've, we've gotten a glimpse through like a foggy window of what's coming and I think that's that's probably that's not necessarily a good sign but it certainly means we're all sensing the same thing that they haven't really said enough or they haven't really ramped up marketing yet oh it disconnected and reconnected you no worries there you go sorry about that but yeah um the with it yeah i think it's at the point where we are waiting for it and we're getting all this free stuff and where you have the hope of it being you know this is all the free stuff they're gonna get it out of the way then when they start announcing stuff later on you know this is gonna be the good stuff and i've I've, i had that hope for a good amount of time 
And then when they're announcing these things, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then I don't think it's more of the waiting at this point. I think it's more of, all right, looking at what you've already told me what I should be getting, what you've marketed and what I should be getting for my $50. I've seen what you've done in past seasons. And now we do know that seasons are changing, but I've seen what you've done in past seasons on the value transmission there. I'm more concerned on what the value transmission is for the expansion for it being a jump because if you're not including the free season they give you shadow mm -hmm. is a 25 expansion and it gives you a decent amount of stuff what's gonna be the difference between mm -hmm. the amount of stuff i'm getting in shadow keep compared to the amount of stuff i'm getting in beyond light because right now the only thing we know is about the same amount of content we don't know if the, ca the campaigns are going to be maybe a little longer so maybe that's going to add stuff but that doesn't to me value transmission is not represented real well at least with the base marketing material well there again the reason i'm okay with this is i never like when they're marketing something and telling us hey come and buy this and they pepper in there it's like salt and pepper in there free stuff i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa hold the phone i don't have to pay to get that and you're throwing that into the marketing for beyond light or the season or whatever so that's that's why I'm looking at this. I'm like, yes, get this out of the way. I don't want this in the marketing. I don't want to hear about that stupid sniper or this vendor armor because that's not what I'm paying for. That's the everybody gets it stuff. And you you bolster. They would do that on the calendar for a season. Remember, they would throw Iron Banner on there. I'm like, that's free. You're throwing that on the seasonal calendar. Like I'm paying for that. I'm not. There were free events on those calendars too. And it's like you're putting that on there, and it's muddying the marketing. It's like, wait, 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 wait. Half the things on those calendar, I, I, I get for free. And you're putting it on there like, oh, here's what you get when you buy this season. It's like, I hated that. So for me, that's the hope that I have. Get this crap out of the way. Get the basic, you know, the, the basic window dressing, tower update, tower loot stuff. Get that out of the way and then start listing off. This is everything you get in Beyond Light. And there is no sort of, well, wait a minute. Isn't some of that stuff free? Isn't some of that stuff like, what, what, huh? And it muddies, I think, the value transmission. So Sven says, what exactly am I paying for for $40 in Beyond Light? We don't know. I said I need a t-shirt that says we don't know. We don't. We know nothing about Beyond Light other than Europa, Cosmodrome, the stasis subclasses is the most substantive info we have. Everything else is just ba very basic titles. Europa. How big is it? Don't know. How much campaign is there? Don't know. Is there an NPC? Is there a loophole? Are there unique activities? How many unique activities? I, and you're separating the season cost by $10. What do I get in that? What's the season called? We don't even know the name of the season yet. You know? I, so it's like... It's precisely why I canceled it. Yeah, I mean, I would wait. That's my point. Is if I pre-order because I know I'm playing no matter what. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a content creator. I'm a streamer, so I know I'm playing no matter what. I think it's completely valid to say we know nothing right now. I'm holding off. There's a price increase, and we know so very little. I'm gonna wait. Um, I think that's totally valid, I, and I also think that the delay. And working from home means we're we're having that that delay of the launch is touching the delay of the marketing. Like it's the same animal. It's the same thing's going to happen with Cyberpunk or any other game that is delayed. 
their big big hype trailer their big 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 reveals are going to get bumped back why because market research has proven that they want to have those things land closer to the launch date like that's you know what i mean this is bad marketing right now other studios are dealing with okay but big mouth strike are you banging down the door of any game that delayed and said where's my trailers where's my info where's my vid docs are you doing that to cyberpunk are you doing that to halo infinite are you doing that to any other game that's been delayed are you insisting upon a a healthy consistent trickle of marketing and information no you're not (laughs) like nobody is asking you know cd project red to keep cranking out marketing you know trailers and information vid docs and and stuff nobody's asking for that why well it's delayed that means everything's getting delayed too. If they have a one week to launch presser, a one week to launch vid doc, and maybe a two week to launch trailer, all those things are attached to launch date and they go with it. Like they're all out there in the future now. Same, they do the same, they're gonna do the same thing with Cyberpunk. There'll be trailers that are set and scheduled to hit two weeks before launch, one week before launch, day before launch. And all those things got delayed right along with the games. Like, again, the expectation here, I think, is a self-created one. It, I, I cannot see what's Bungie going to talk about if they drop all their golden eggs in September. What are we going to do in October? We're sitting around twiddle our thumbs. They've always trickled out the hype. They've. I remember getting information about stuff, and people would be like angry that Bungie would say, "Tune in next week, or tune in next time, or whatever," and we're going to talk about X, Y, Z in the update and in the in the expansion. And people be like, "Why don't they tell us now? I don't want to wait two weeks to hear about that. That's stupid. Just give us all the information now." And I was always like, "Dude, that's just how they do it." You know what I mean? I've watched multiple Cyberpunk streams these past few months right past few months what i'm saying to you is if you can't see the reasonableness of this i'm done trying to help curmudgeons okay there are one week to launch two week to launch and day before launch marketing strategies that are going to be maintained they paid usually an outside company to make trailers and pressers and all that stuff okay that stuff's not going to change schedule simply because the game got delayed they're not going to they know the effect of that money spent on that marketing is greater and stronger if they do it closer to launch. If you can't see that, I can't help you. There's not all of a sudden extra marketing they can pull out of a magician's hat to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we have extra trailers and vid docs now. Yay! No! It's all timed. It's always been this way. You're asking for them to just fabricate and create new things. Like... I- I just, I see it as unreasonable. It's like, I don't expect anything right now. Everything got shoved back. Everything. They outsource the trailers. They outsource the vid docs. They put all that together, and it's intended to land at specific times. Bungie's thrown three minutes of footage the past two major expansions and had 10-minute vid docs in June. The lack of anything is a concern. Again, I, the, the the main marketing circuit that they would typically run over the summer, it was gone. There was no E3. They did stuff with Gamescom. They did stuff with G, uh, Jeff Keighley. They showed trailers. They showed information. They did interviews. 
and then they went in and they broke down the individual stasis subclasses in detail because it's a whole new system wide change with aspects and fragments yes we've gotten less but they're working from home and the market circuit was different this summer so I, I just I feel like we're having a conversation that is one that we just have to keep saying <laughs> we're not there yet they haven't ramped up the marketing yet they haven't and remember all the dry twabs we had that were virtually nothing more than likely if they would have maintained beyond lights launch date we would have heard about the vendor armor the strike changes crucible changes gambit changes all that quality of life all that housekeeping all of that would have been put in probably in those really weak twabs those weak twabs were punts they were like we can't talk about this stuff yet we were <laughs> it's too far out we need, to, we need to shove that stuff back by a couple of weeks. And then each week we'll hear housekeeping. We'll get into October. Each week will be a little bit more marketing. The marketing will build to a, a swell and a crescendo of hype. And then we'll be in the new season. It's always been that way. So I, I don't know if you have anything to add. That whole point right there, you just got to look at the marketing as, okay, it got delayed two weeks. So they're going to spread their marketing all the way leading up to it at least for a month of that time to fill up that gap so there's going to be dry spots there's going to be times where you know this is stuff they have to announce or they have to at least tell people but because this is the week i feel like the issue that a lot of players are you know how what they're feeling is that this was supposed to be the week that we were sitting down and we were going to be playing beyond light but we're getting told that there's free armor and a free weapon that is sorry a free armor set and a free weapon that has these things on it and a lot of people are kind of like well i i should have been playing it like i want i want my information you know that's that's thing and i've always been i've always been i think they should communicate more i don't think their marketing is the best right now but that's the way they do it you know, if that's the way they're going to do it, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to have expectations for them to announce all kinds of things. I want them to, but again, that's not how they do it. Um, I think more of the aspect is, I think the initial, like, this is what you're getting. You know, when we got Shadowkeep, it was like, you're getting a raid, you're getting a dungeon, you're getting a strike. You know, this is what you're getting for it. We'll go into detail when that comes out or just not tell you and you can experience it yourself. You know, they, they didn't give us they didn't give us the baseline stuff or if they have <laughs> the value transmission for the baseline stuff right now doesn't seem like it's going to hit that 40 50 price point that's my concern yeah and i mean the expansion's destined to fail right now because everyone's going to crap all over it i just i don't agree i the, i've never ever in the last five years of doing content creation i have never bought into sky is falling do you want to know why you've always been wrong Every single one of you that has always predicted the downfall, this is the end, this is the breaking point, you've been wrong every single time. Like, Destiny 2 was the darkest time in the franchise. Nobody predicted its downfall. It happened. We thought it was going to be great, and it wasn't. After that, every time we were on the precipice of a new format, or a new season, or a new expansion, and I have to hear from people that are like, this is the breaking point, this is going to fail, it's going to flop, Destiny's going to die, this is terrible, I can't believe they're keeping us in the dark, blah blah, all those things. Every sky is falling prophet has been wrong every single time. You've never been right. You're like the person that predicts the end of the world and then you're wrong and you have to adjust the date. Like, 
it's not going it, to, it, like, it's, as you said, it's destined to fail. I don't think so. How? We don't know anything. We don't know anything. I'm not saying any of us are going to think that, but look right now at what they're offering. I'm not saying Destiny's going to shut down, but the amount of content they are currently offering, how can we get excited about it? I, I can't say this anymore without sounding so frustrated. They aren't selling Beyond Light yet. They're not marketing it. You're reading a quality of life twab and going, I don't understand. How is this? How am I supposed to buy the content because of this? It's there's literally no call to action in this twab. They don't they did they did not write this blog and say pre-order beyond light today. Like they're not marketing it yet. You're you're literally reading a twab that's talking about the basics of gambit changes and you're like, I don't get it. I, this isn't convincing me to buy beyond light. That's 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 not what they're setting out to do in this twab in this blog post. I, I don't understand. It's we've I've said this so many times. This this isn't even about Beyond Light. If you really read this, really read this. Okay, they say to quote the article. Here's what to expect on November 10th. So this is literally them giving you information about the armor set. It's like this is what we're doing with the armor set on November the 10th. This is a game change. This is basically like patch notes, right? This is patch notes. This is what you can expect on November the 10th. We're going to add this. This is how it's going to work. We're also looking into giving you weekly challenges for high stats. Here's your pursuit gun. Okay. And then you come down here and it says, oh, by the way, starting in season 12, your director is going to look different for crucible, for strikes, for gambit. This isn't marketing. This is, this is, these are patch notes, man. I patch notes and quality of life updates are they're not there none of this has been written in a way to sell you on beyond light we are not there yet i i think what's happening is you are anxious to look at beyond light or to get there you know what i mean you're anxious to know things and that means you come over this hoping to find nuggets of excitement or gold. The same thing happens when we're going through a drought and Bungie's like, here's the Devil's Ruin quest. And you're like, woof, and you do it. You're like, well, that sucked. We're in a similar scenario now. We're in a similar scenario now. Everybody's just like, please, we want more. Can you tell us what's in it? What are we getting? Where, where are we? What are we doing? Why is it fifty dollars? And then you read through this, and you're like, this isn't telling. This isn't selling me on Beyond Light. And it's like, well, no, it wasn't intended to. You know, Stephanie says, why don't they avoid all this headache and just not tell us all these changes beforehand and let us discover these changes with new stuff drops? That's just never been their mo think of it like this um stephanie the amount of updates that they're doing to this system if you basically take every single one of these twabs that's outlining changes system-wide changes i mean this was a long one to be fair this is a pretty long one copy and paste them all into a document what it it turns into a novel they don't want to give you a novel of reading assignments like after beyond light launches like wait what's this why did this change why did they do that what's going on with gambit what's this how does this even work what did they change like they they, they've always been this way they want you to know what change is coming believe me if they did what you're suggesting people would get irritated 
What do you mean we have to find out in a game? What are you changing? We have a right to know what you're changing. Tell us. Have transparency. I mean, I'm going to bang on the drum that Avenger always bangs on. We need more communication. We need more transparency. You need to tell us more. No one would accept that. No one would not. No one would accept like hundreds of bullet points of changes to the game and you got to find it out in the game nobody would accept that and and again they've set a precedent up to this point they always do housekeeping before they do marketing always the pattern has just been set that you should always expect to go through this before you get to the excitement because they don't want excitement muddied by this stuff they don't want to be like, oh, by the way, here's everything in Beyond Light. Oh, also, here's a laundry list of changes in bullet points and patch notes. It gets confusing. It's like, I don't understand. Wait, do I have to pay for those updates? Do I have to pay to get the strike playlist and gambit the change? Is that is that costing me money? They're separating it. They're sharply separating it more and more in their marketing because it makes it clear to the consumer, I think. They made this problem for themselves by making this expectation? By no. making what expectation? No. The ex- what are you talking about? Do other games do this? I don't, I just, I don't understand. I feel like we do this every time. I've had this conversation so many times in my five years. It's, this is housekeeping. They do this first, then they market. Market's always very, very close to the launch. We always have to sit around and wait and people hate it. They're like, tell us, tell us, we want more. They did a series of streams where they said, tune in next time and we're going to talk about this and people hated it. They're like, tell us now. Tell us about Armor 2.0 now. I don't want to wait until the next time. And it's just like, what? They can't make you drink from a fire hose. I'm like, here's all the information. It's like they spread it. They spread it out. I, I don't know. I, um, I I just think we're having a fever. We're having a, a a cocktail of of bad things right now. Everybody's annoyed because of stay at home, work at home. Everybody's annoyed because movies, TV shows, and video games are getting delayed. And I think we're just on that sort of we're that we're that irritable kid or adult. We're getting hangry. We're hungry. And we're angry and we're not getting stuff that we feel like is filling enough. It's like when you're really hungry and you're waiting on a really great meal and someone's like, we'll eat a cracker or something. You're like, no, 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 no. I am not going to sully this runway with a cracker. I'm going to wait and eat the meal. And that's what we're doing right now. It's like, this is just a cracker. This is just a snack. This is nothing. This is a morsel. And, And people are getting upset about it. I get it. I get it. I understand. I just think we've got to slow down. All of all of September and even maybe even part of October is going to be really frustrating if we can't get out of this rut of feeling like they owe us a bunch of marketing and intel right now. I just we we're not going to get it. I don't think we are. We we aren't. And like I said, the only thing I ever really wanted was like you know how they did you know how they told us during the seasons when they said we can't hide all the content because you know that's something you know we have to give we have to tell everyone like this is what you're mm-hmm. going to buy the season pass for. And if that's the case, if they're doing that with Beyond Light, you look at what they've told us, and it's like, you know what, the season pass, when they have little bullet points that go across the top and then go across the bottom, it's like two exotic quests, um, you know, season pass, the 100 levels, um, this thing, or, um, you know, this public event or whatever it was, um, it, it tells you what it was. It tells you what was coming. If this is what they've, if they tell us, if they've already told us all oh, what's coming in Beyond Light and they haven't told us the details, then I'm concerned. 
And yeah, I but but none of days. but none of this is none of this costs you any money. You don't have to pay for anything in this twab. This is these are all updates to the base game, like. That's why I, I keep telling people, like, this isn't marketing. You've ne- We don't have to pay money for Crucible and Gambit and Strike updates. This is just stuff they're doing to the game. That's one of the reasons why I think they want to get this stuff out of the way now, because there was a time where they would, like, mix in updates to the game with marketing, and without fail, people would be like, do I have to buy the expansion to get the update to armor? It's like, no, that's just what armor is going to be like now. Like, you don't... Well, maybe not armor. That's That might be a bad example, but like... That was always a consistent point of confusion for a while, where people would get confused. They'd be like, uh, wait. Do I have to pay for the expansion to get all that? You know, like, um... What was it? I'm trying to think of when that happened. I'm, I can't think of an example because it's happened so many times over the years where updates came to the game in the expansion and they're like, no, everybody gets this. Armor they, 2.0. They, Armor 2.0, though. Yeah, Armor 2.0. Any any legendary armor that dropped after Shadowkeep was Armor 2.0, and a lot of people got confused. They're like, do I have to buy Shadowkeep in order to get Armor 2.0 drops? They're like, no, all armor will be like this from here on out. You can't get armor to drop that's not Armor 2.0. It's not possible. Um, and yeah, and Forsaken, random rolls. It, they, people were confused. They're like, wait, do I have to pay for Forsaken to get random rolls? Do I have to pay for Forsaken to get rid of double primary? People got confused. So I just think more and more they're like, we've got to separate quality of life updates from marketing so nobody thinks, wait, I gotta spend money for you to update Gambit? Like, what? Am I paying for that? Because look, we got Gambit with Forsaken. It'd be really easy for people to think, I gotta pay for that. And I think that's, that's, that's what's going on right now. Um... It's, it's, uh, we're in a holding pattern and people are anxious for information. And I think we're just getting some cabin fever. I think we kind of always do this. We get some cabin fever. We're like, come on, man, come on. Give us a goods, give us a goods, give us goods, man. We want information. And we tend to look at information like this. And I think we're combing over it with a microscope when this is not meant to be looked at that closely. It's like, you're looking at this with a microscope. This is just big picture, 30,000 feet changes. And you're like, but what about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like, uh, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't meant to be looked at in that way. Um, I, I, I think that's ultimately where we're having a disconnect and we're almost like ships passing in the night. You're reading this twab as if that's not selling me on Beyond Light, and I'm shouting as loud as I can. This is not meant to convince you to be buy Beyond Light. This is not marketing information. This these are basically future patch notes, and you're acting like future patch notes aren't convincing to buy content. They shouldn't be. That's that's not their purpose. That's not their intention. Um, it'd be like reading sandbox changes and be like, well, that's not going to convince me to buy Beyond Light. Well, no, of course not. They're just sandbox changes. Buffing and nerfing stuff is just part of the game's, you know, evolution. Actually, that'll be one of the housekeeping things that probably happens before the marketing. We're going to hear about sandbox updates. That's another one we're probably going to have to go through before we get to the marketing. Yeah. So. Uh, Yeah, that's just basically this whole point. Not this isn't for Beyond Light. I I guess mine was just more transparency for the what we're getting um, for it so and I agree with you I am going to hold them to a high standard of transparency because of the price increase if you want me to spend 40 and then 10 I need a clear picture of what 
I am getting. It needs to look like a value meal. I can see every piece of what I'm ordering. I don't want any like mysterious, vague doublespeak. I am not going to tolerate that. If we get if we get a week before Beyond Light and we're all still shrugging our shoulders being like, I don't understand. What what are we getting in the season? What are we getting in Beyond Light? I, that, then I will join you in the parade of frustration. You know, uh, we are going to. They confirmed that in the TWAB. Yeah, so there, yeah, there's sandbox information coming. That's right. They said that at the end of the TWAB. Um, that's way down here, right above Stay Tuned. Uh, they said that. So I am on your team as like a yes. When they start talking about this stuff in October, presumably, there needs to be a crystal clear picture. What's the what am I getting in the 10? Because think of it this way. The $10 is an add-on. Okay? It's an upsell. That needs to be crystal clear. What am I getting in the upsell? I'm buying Beyond Light, and for another 10, I'm getting Season of the Snowball. Okay. What's the up? What's in the upsell? Like that needs to be crystal freaking clear. I am not going to tolerate vagueness there. I'm not going to tolerate confusion or wait. How much of that is free? Like if you're going to ask people to spend more money, you better give them a solid reason. And so, right here, there are um, there's more information. Well, I have more details. Uh, we know you're hungry for info, and we're excited to bring the heat. As we approach Beyond Light, we'll have more details on how your weekly rituals are changing, economy, Eververse, Sandbox, and more. So, they still have more housekeeping. They're trying to set your expectations here. We look forward to talking about things like Solo Queue, Iron Banner, but we have a few things left to tie up as we approach launch. This, again, is all under the guise... You gotta remember what a TWAB is for, okay? It's not necessarily... It's it's 90% of the time, it's not marketing. 90% 90% of the time, it's not marketing. It's informational. So they're setting your expectations here. TWABs are going to be about the economy, the Eververse, the sandbox. Is any of that going to convince you to buy Beyond Light? No, because none of that costs any money. Changes to the weekly rituals, the economy, the Eververse, sandbox, the solo queue, and Iron Banner. That's all free stuff. So create that category in your mind. Like, this is informational. This is almost like patch notes. The, the marketing is going to take place usually on Tuesdays. There may be a couple of streams. I don't know. Vid docs, trailers, all of that. Get, like, try to like disconnect from thinking a TWAB is going to just, oh my gosh, look at this. That, that's not what the TWABs are going to do. TWABs do summaries. Hey, if you miss our stream on Tuesday, here's a link to it. Here's a too long didn't read of what we covered in that stream. I mean, they might do that, but in general... Hey, if you missed our trailer on Tuesday about what to expect on Europa and the scope and size, we gave a behind-the-scenes look into how big Europa is. Here's the trailer. Like, that's generally the TWAB is sort of just like a sounding board of stuff they've already announced and promoted. You've got to see that difference. I think we're getting lost in the weeds because we're, 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 we're anxious for info. I think that's part of the issue here is we're just very, very anxious to learn more. And I think we're... we're uh, we're really overestimating what we're going to hear in a TWAB and then overanalyzing what we get. I think that's part of the problem right now. So, Yeah, that, that's really all I want to talk about, so you can move on. Okay, thanks for calling in. Uh, and coming to you, Real King Salty, hopefully you're still around. That was a long time. That was a bit of a rant. Go ahead, sir. Can you hear me? Yes. All right, awesome. Um, just to let you know, I've been getting a few little feedback issues uh, from Discord, so hopefully I don't cut out. Okay. Um, 
Well, listen to the whole time. I got three things. I'm trying not to make them too long, but it basically hits on armor and like stasis. And seeing how we got like the preview of these three armor sets, you know, for each of the individual playlists. Um, I know I'm not, I'm not going to ask any questions like, well, no, do you think this is coming? I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> but, uh, um, I do want to get your opinion though, on, like what you may think is going to happen. Like one thing that you might theorize or speculate, <clears throat> but would it make sense? Seems how they're showing like three different kinds of armor sets that mm-hmm. we're getting two areas. We're getting the Cosmodrome and we're getting Europa. Would it not make sense that we're going to get a similar like armor world drop? influx similar to what we do with forsaken like you had armor set of the dreamy city and then you had forsaken and then you had little uh bits and bobs that were in between that you would just get like we won't even get a preview of we're just going to get into the game and like hey i got this weird looking helmet to drop and it has the new seasonal logo but they didn't show this wouldn't it make wouldn't it make sense for them to do that i I, th- I think so, and I mean, we obviously may get that. I don't want to get people's hopes up here, but if you could, uh, if you go to the press, the press kit is not out in front right now, but there is a press kit for Beyond Light, and you can see, um, I forget where it is. Oh, it's Beyond Light Gamescom. So I can go to Beyond Light Gamescom, and they've got screenshots of the gear. So you can clearly see the five guns and the armor set. So I've got it on. I've got it on stream uh, right now, where this is essentially, I would say, the armor set that is sort of the Europa armor set. You can see climbing equipment. Shut up, Greg. You can see climbing equipment on the backpack. Uh, you can see the guns and everything else. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but they could do... Maybe there's going to be an armor set and some guns and some cool things on the Cosmodrome. Because if not, what the co- what's Cosmodrome's purpose then? We haven't really considered that. They could do some nostalgic armor, some nostalgic weapon drops on the Cosmodrome, an activity there. I don't know. They've said nothing about what the Cosmodrome is bringing, just that it's returning. I, I'm very doubtful they would go through the trouble of bringing back the Cosmodrome and do like nothing with it other than here it is you can run around and I don't know do public events like I because they did as you just said I think you're good to point out Tangled Shore had its armor and its cool guns and then Dreaming City had its cool armor and its cool guns maybe we're getting a glimpse into like here's Europa here's the armor and uh, here's a nice shot of the guns you know there's five of them Uh, they're even literally laying in the snow in this picture um you know so it's it's quite possible they do that i don't want to get anybody's hopes up but again these are all questions i have are you guys doing anything with the cosmodrome like why is it coming back is there stuff there activity loot is there an npc um why would i go there like why am i going to go to the cosmodrome you know and and also there's a seasonal activity is that where these guns come from or is the seasonal activity and armor going to be totally different than this like the way that they did um, Vex Offensive had its own armor and guns that looked like the Vex Offensive area, and then there was the Dreambane armor and the Lectern. They were separate. One was seasonal, one was expansion. Again, this to me looks seasonal. This looks like Vex Offensive to me. Vex Offensive had four weapons, this is five. This is a seasonal activity, seasonal grind. This we, again, I, I don't, I don't think we've we've fully seen the the like the scope. Of, of what we're getting in Beyond Light. We're getting teeny little glimpses, and so I don't want to get people's hopes up, but I could definitely see a similar Dreaming City Tangled Shore loot pool update, and then obviously, you know, there's supposed to be an activity, 
and a strike and you know maybe even other things that we haven't heard about um because right now we do not know enough to sell anybody on on the content we, we know very little yeah um well that's actually kind of what i expected um that it might happen it might not i don't know i'm good i'm kind of the guy you know I, I tend to see like it would make sense for them so i'm gonna get my hopes up sometimes it's really irrational but i don't know why i do it maybe i'm just a sucker for punishment because if i get disappointed i don't know i don't understand myself sometimes but uh as far as stasis weapons didn't luke smith say it, i think i think this was uh back when they had that huge announcement when they first announced stasis was coming to the game i think luke smith was sitting down with uh uh, I forget what it is when COVID was really hitting off and they're sitting there both of them talking back and forth it was Luke Smith and another developer I forget his name but yeah, they yeah, mentioned Mark, something Mark about stasis that's what it is yeah they mentioned something about stasis weapons um, <clears throat> I haven't really seen too much on that uh, I, at least I remember him saying something about stasis wouldn't just be an element for a subclass some weapons would have stasis am I mistaken in that no I you, able to find it. You're, no you're correct he did say that that he said it in the interview, I believe, with Dr. Lupo. Um, he said that stasis is not just coming as a subclass, it's coming as an element of the game, and there will be stasis weapons. He did say that. Okay. So it makes me wonder if, like, maybe, for instance, this new sniper coming out, you know, people think it looks like the Beloved or whatever. If that sniper rifle, that, uh, I guess, Ritual Pursuit sniper rifle, if that's going to be a stasis. And when they said it's going to have its own personality, I think GMG posted on Twitter that it would have its own personality. I wonder if it being a stasis gun, if they're going to be implementing with like minor engine tweaks or whatever, like it might possibly have like a, an inherent effect to it. And I'll grant this is all, I don't know anything about anything. I'm just simply, this is conjecture that it might have, you know, effects or the stasis weapons might have effects. It might be like kind of like a testing ground for the stasis weapons to maybe implement some of the changes we've talked or you've talked about in the previous videos over the past week is that different elements having like uh, special effects inherent to the element itself. Hmm. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I don't know what I'm, I'm sneezing a lot today. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, Somebody just made a good point in the in the chat. You know, if Stasis is a new element, then they'll need a lot of weapons to fill that void. I, I just, I, I feel <laughs> like I, uh, there's so many things I want to start to theorize about. The return of elemental primaries feels like a, it, there's a possibility. The ability to change the element on the gun feels like a possibility because then they can get again less quantity more quality so then you would want to get multiple versions of the same weapon so you're not constantly having to spend if it's like really expensive to change the element or they only let you change the element one time um you know that that those are those are possibilities uh yeah but again i i don't i don't want to get that that hype train going i know i know for a fact when we first saw the massive amount of guns being sunset as soon as november hits okay I said, the only way they're going to hit the loot pool that hard is if they're really going to fill a lot of those vacancies. So, I still stand by that. The question is, how are they going to do that? Are they going to give us flexibility on elemental you know, assignment of a gun? Are they going to be adding just a junk ton of weapons and they haven't talked about that yet? Is the whole, like, remember what they did with Armor 2.0? What do they do that with weapons? 
Any weapon that yeah. drops anywhere could drop with some sort of an update that they did. Like you get, but you can get the Lincoln Green to drop on the EDZ, and it'll be Weapon 3.0. It'll have new stuff, new perks, new elements. Again, I don't want to get everybody's hopes up because I just, I just don't know. But I do feel like there is got to be something more coming than just a handful of weapons and some armor sets. Like I just. They, I think they would have been slower with sunsetting if not. They're hitting the loot pool hard in September. So I, and it would then make then, sense if they added a bunch. It would, and think about it. Like stasis as an element getting added, that's going to be really crowded in the loot pool. You know, here's a stasis 150 hand cannon. Oh, dope. Are there any other 150 hand cannons elemental coming? No. Oh, okay. Well. Man, I'd, I'd really love a solar version or a void version. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's going to get crowded. That that feels crowded to me, uh, and which means there needs to be either internal flexibility or a massive, massive quantitative update to the entire weapon system and the entire weapon pool that could then be gone and re-earned, revisited, whatever. Whether it's a Lincoln Green old-fashioned, a Uriel's Gift, you know, any of those guns, Mananan... I, I don't I don't know I really and truly don't because they did that with armor 2.0 didn't they I mean you could go and get you could go and get any armor piece from anywhere and it dropped armor 2.0 I it just it, there's a lot there's a lot they need to talk about before November and potentially weapons is one of them yeah well the last thing I had in actually talking about the whole stasis on weapons and the sniper it just got me thinking because dragonfly for instance that's really the idea here dragonfly is a popular perk on snipers and i guess i know you talked about this a while back and i I forget what video i think it was like a few months ago Mm -hmm. but dealing with underused perks and stuff like that, i'm not going to go into a whole list of perks just dragonfly came into my mind and with stasis being more of like a crowd control because they they always emphasize oh you can freeze your enemies freeze your enemies freeze your enemies wouldn't that how would you feel i guess I'll, i'll word the question like this how would you feel if they buffed Dragonfly, if they made it more of a relevant perk in the sense that it inherited those kinds of status effects from the element that you were using, either the element on the gun or your subclass? I don't want to focus too much on the subclass because I know you don't like Elemental Capacitor. I'm kind of iffy on that perk. Um, but more of like the element of the gun, if, if Dragonfly inherited, like say with Stasis, you pop an enemy with Dragonfly and you have a Stasis weapon, it emits like a freezing burst that just boom, blows out and like everything around it is immediately slowed. Yeah, and Arc could do Chain Lightning or a Blind and Void could do like a miniature tether that's super temporary or maybe not a tether, like it's a tether that pulls people in and then that's the end of it, almost like a singularity effect. Solar could do just the typical explosion dot damage and then as you're saying, Stasis could do Stasis Crystals that you know can hit nearby enemies and slow or freeze them, uh, depending on their proximity maybe to the explosion. Uh, I love this. I, I th- this is exactly what I've wanted for the longest time. I, I don't like elemental capacitor because it, it you, I have to change my subclass and then I get a perk on the gun and it's hard. I, I want player feedback. I think elemental perks offer great 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 player feedback. Whether it's damage over time, dot damage. It's dot damage suppression, blinding, bleeding, freezing. You know. I see that happen, and if it's effective, that's really enjoyable. Damage numbers going up and reload being fast is super easy to see, and that player feedback communicates to your brain, this gun's awesome, and 
more passive perks, yeah. perks you don't necessarily see, it's harder to be really, really excited that you've got, you know, I, I don't even, I'm trying to think of some of the perks that that are harder to care about. You just you just don't care. You're like, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I, surrounded is one that I, I'm like, I don't, I don't see it. I know it's working. I, I, I know that it's helping me, but I don't see the player feedback. So it's harder for me to get excited as much as like today when I was using my Reckless Oracle and I was proccing Outlaw and I had on Enhanced Reload for Auto Rifles and that thing was reloading so fast. There's just, you feel cool. It feels dope. Even though it's just reload, It the, the player feedback is crispy and people were commentating in chat. You weren't, they weren't even playing and they're like, man, that gun looks awesome. Again, I, you know, that, that player feedback and I think Elemental Perks would do that and Elemental Perks that are different according to the element would be cool too because you could say you know um you know if you hit an enemy with four crits in a row from this gun it applies a status effect but the status effects are all different according to the element so one would slow one would one would put dot damage uh one would blind you know what and and these are all things that wouldn't necessarily change the flow of combat you would still be killing ads with similar proficiency but the visual experience would be different like when you use the genesis chain and you started proccing focus firefly you're still killing trash ads in roughly the same amount of time but it feels cooler it was like using outbreak and seeing the siva mites or using an imago with explosive rounds and i knew at certain times it would help one shot those exploder shanks i'm it's it's roughly the same amount of efficiency but i feel cooler is it, this happens in um minecraft dungeons with my when i'm playing with my son I get a different weapon, he gets a different weapon, we get different abilities, but we're generally still killing trash ads and and maybe some of the more tougher wizards and stuff. We're killing them in roughly the same amount of time, but we're seeing different things happen on screen. And I'll give you a great example of player feedback. We got into adventure mode in Minecraft Dungeons, and I got a weapon that had a one of the stronger perks. They cost more of the uh, the material. What's it called? Uh, the enhancement material, the enhancement currency. It costs more because I'm getting higher up in the game. And it says, you know, it says powerful in purple letters, and it says a chance to apply uh, a chance to land crit damage, and it gets it gets more uh, likely to happen the more I level it up. Okay, and it's got a little skull for its icon. When I'm out in the world swinging that sword, I'm like, ding, ching, ching, ding. It's making this ding sound, and I'm seeing the little skull pop up. I was like, this this weapon's awesome. I was killing the enemies relatively in the same amount of time <laughs> it was it was very if, if you if, seriously if you turned off the visual and the sound effect i was killing enemies in roughly the same amount of time but i didn't care I, it felt awesome the, the the weapon felt cooler because of player feedback and that's something i think bungie has got to lean into and elements are a great place to start all right that's uh that's about it for me that was just three hopefully short points no, that was good. I appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. If you guys thought that was a cool segment, you're like, oh, I'd love to get in get in on that. Even clap for you. I, I don't know if he's still here. He upped to a VIP. You can click the join button and become a VIP. If you want to go to sntrpresents.com, that'll take you to the Patreon. You can pick VIP there as well and get in the Discord. Same perks, same benefits, all, uh, all identical as a clicking the join button on YouTube. The best thing to do on YouTube if you enjoy my content is hit subscribe, the bell button, 
and the like button. Subscribe, bell, like. It's free, it supports me, and you don't miss out on the content whenever it's happening. As always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.